Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. I'm doing good. Glad to hear it. Thank you, everybody out there, for joining us for this episode. We're going to get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That is the number four capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast, to save ten percent off your order. And right now, if you also use the code Free Ten F R E E One Zero, you get ten dollars on store credit on your order as well. So that's sitting there waiting for you. Our other shout out means that we go over to Matt. Yeah, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. You know, Shad. Orlando yeah. Cologne, he's Earth's mightiest superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, that sounds like a segue. It's a, it's a segue. It is. We're doing part two of our uh, comic book draft, but now we're focusing on the Marvel Universe. On the Marvel side, plus we have a special wrinkle, because since our draft went too smoothly on the DC side, we decided <laughs> that we needed a guest to make this extra difficult on our side. And so we have our guest sitting in with us tonight. That would be the one, the only, you might know him as The Dames. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So. Can I, can I, uh, can I add something there? Please. I have known Damien a lot. We actually we have all known Damien like a long time. But Damien is, I consider Damien a good friend. I love him like a brother. He's been to my wedding. I've been to his wedding. Uh, he has, I've been trying to get him on the show and then I was dragging my feet. like, when am I going to come on the show? And I'm like, I don't know. We need to figure out a topic. And then I've, I've just been dragging my feet, well, uh, trying to figure out a good one. I was but saving I him like a, a fine wine when we finally did some like early TNA, because if you're listening to this, you don't know who Dames is. Dames was quite the, the recapper for like, was it about the first two years of TNA or did you give up before that? Uh, no, it was the first, yeah, first two years. Um, so what? Over well over a hundred episodes of the weekly TNA pay per view, and that's how I kind of made a little bit of a name for myself. But that name is the long gone and dead. Well, you gotta <laughs> didn't um didn't Tanae like give you a shout out on the air? Was that Don West? Uh, Don West emailed me. It was Jeremy Borash that gave me a shout out. Um, but like I said, like. That's so long ago, man. <laughs> Can you believe they're still I like you're just scoffing at Jeremy Borash giving you a shout out instead of Mike tonight? <laughs> Can... Can you believe they're still kicking around? I they're not. I, I, I mean, they're not the same company, but the fact that the, the remains of the, the bones are still there. 
that's I, that's amazing. And, and I think what's crazy it's, is you could mm-hmm. you can legitimately argue that they have an argument at being the best booked North American company the last couple years. Like it's it's neck and neck with AEW, but like if you watch their weekly TV, it's really good, and all these guys are like rehabbing I, their image and stuff. I would probably give it to to AEW as the best book, just because they're like long term stuff. I think is a little better than TNA, but TNA is shockingly does the best with what they have, and it, there's everything makes kind of like a logical sense to it, and to the extent that they don't, they may do some silly stuff sometimes but it's always kind of like like tongue-in-cheek wink and a nod they don't just they don't do like bad awful comedy shit that like the wwe does and you're just expected to be like oh this is supposed to be funny it's like no like they like <laughs> i love your that, description tna like, I, I, I gotta i gotta say something here guys because uh, yeah so 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 recently back when omega won the belt and they were saying oh watch us on impact i decided to watch impact for the first time in years and they did this uh, skit. It was like some sort of like a, like a real world type thing with all these wrestlers in a house. And that to me was way cheesier than anything he does most of the time. Okay, you know what? I'll I'll throw a caveat because that was what was what do they call it? Resica, like Wrestle House or something like that. Something like that. That's that it was, yeah. that I did not like, and I I I actually I didn't watch beginning there. I've been watching. I actually have been watching. Uh, since they started the, the the AEW kind of collaboration, and now I guess now it's spilled into like a a New Japan collaboration. Um, I've been DVRing Impact, and I try to watch I try to watch an episode a week. So I, but I, I do find generally it's been pretty it's been pretty good. And I love are, the Johnny Swinger stuff. That is yeah, like those, a that, highlight that's all the fun. time. They've and the one thing like Brad has shared before in this. Uh, on this podcast is that and i do think it's accurate is that they they rehab guys that it's impact is like a the the promotion of misfit toys that guys just yeah guys who are like cast offs from the wwe or i guess who are indie guys who are try, trying to make a name for themselves like they go there but they actually it kind of works like they have they've got big casts in there now and it kind of works like he's kind of like being presented as like a monster and it it it's not terrible he's even though he's trying, not he's, but he's not I yeah mean, he's, he's not, not a good he's not a great yeah he's not a great worker but they are at least trying to do something and it's kind of making sense so i don't know but like diana perrazzo i think is totally up to her value oh yeah and i enjoy omega stuff omega they're like the stuff he did with Sammy Callahan and Moose was really good. Um, Moose is good. Oh, Moose is great. I can't believe Moose yeah, is working just there. Oh, Moose could go pretty much anywhere if he wanted to. Like, that guy's got talent. Yeah. He'd be, if um, I was starting a promotion, he would be, him and Willie Mack would be, like, the two guys I would snag yeah, I up. I think the reason why Moose hasn't been touched by WWE is because he's got a domestic violence rap isn't that way in the oh. past though yeah but i think that's why they never they never touched him before i don't know if maybe they softened on that but i think that was why they were if you don't even contact them mm. looking looking it up uh he does but that happened in 2009 so that happened a long time ago i 
I don't approve domestic battery. Like if he did that, then you know. I think I think um, I I have a my stance on it is weird. Like if if he hasn't done anything in 12 years, sometimes I think sometimes I think guys should get a second chance because sometimes it can be the situation and like it brought out the worst in them and they like learn their lesson. Um, but you can always get burned by that too. I mean, you could just not know. Well, we yeah. also live in a society that's looking for anything. Yeah. To, you know. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, like, like with Steve Austin, like I genuinely believe Steve Austin was just in a really dark part of his life and that he's changed because he hasn't, because it's been years and he talks about it. Like it's an embarrassment and you know, well, I don't, I don't you excuse know, I, what he did. No, no, no. I I'm, think he did. He did. I think he does admit at the time that he was effectively like a horrible alcoholic. Yeah. No, um, no, which doesn't excuse it, but it no. does kind of provide a rationalization as to why he was just like out of control. No, it can be wrong that you did it, but it can also be something that, um, you know, if it's 20 years later and, you know, it was because you were a horrible alcoholic at the time. Like it doesn't excuse what you or did. Or drug addict, something. Yeah, yeah. Like you just made poor decisions. I mean, we, we forgive people for other things too. I just, I don't yeah, necessarily I'm think. What were you going to say, James? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm still going to get canceled. <laughs> I just blame it on me. So bad. <laughs> so, uh, so my, my wife, uh-huh. if, for those of you who know my wife, um, is a huge Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. That's one of the reasons why we met is because she loved wrestling as much as I did at the time. Oh, am I like, and... am I like ruining Christmas by saying there's no Santa Claus right now? <laughs> Dude! <laughs> oh, sorry, Shad, I forgot. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. Anyway, so, so, so this is uh, something that came up a, a while back about Austin and the, you know, beating down his wife and stuff. And I asked her her opinion. You know, you know, that's your man. Like, what'd you think? He did this shit. And, you know, her response was, bitch shouldn't have ripped his chain off. (laughs) (laughs) And I I, I want to think about every time. I, I also think there's a difference between that and someone like Chris Brown, who legitimately like has assaulted more than one person. Like, I think there's oh, yeah. varying degrees. Like, Chris Brown, like, I don't care if it's been 20 years. Like, he can get fucked for the rest of his life because, like, I believe he bit her hands. So, um, I, I found an account somewhere of what the entire thing was. And it is, to be oh, honest, just reading the account is horrifying. His his assault on Rihanna? Yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's like, I, I think there – wasn't it that he she allegedly found – proof of him like cheating on her like i don't care what it was like he beat the shit out of her like it, there was even yeah pictures. it doesn't like, matter the pictures alone it's like oh no like that unforgivable unforgivable you, it, i mean a man a man should never really put hands on a woman but there is no there is no way you can rationalize it where it's like well she hit me first so i was just defending myself it's like no he he brutalized that's that's why the self-defense uh thing has such a difficult line of where 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 is the line? You know, how far is too far in an application of force? And as it so happens in this case, he didn't he didn't even he didn't cross the line. He just ran screaming past it and never looked back. And then he did it again. And what? people keep. And he's that to other people too, I believe. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. I I stopped following Chris Brown, so I didn't know it happened again. Oh, yeah, because people like people keep working with him. Like he keeps getting a pass for it. It's really bizarre. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it if it's if he's out to another woman, but he's definitely like assaulted men before. He, it's he's he, I hate to throw this out there. He, I can probably get canceled for saying that, you know, an African-American man is violent. But that that one particular guy is he's violent. He's violent tendencies. He's well, done it to multiple people. I also like in the case of Austin and a lot of like NFL players and stuff, it's not a forgiveness <clears throat> of it. It's always just context of. Sometimes I say like I'm always like I don't understand why people are surprised when people that suffer head trauma and dabble in violence for their livelihood sometimes have trouble keeping that violence contained to their profession. Like, oh, you're surprised like a boxer acted violently. Like, okay. I get that. I guess I I can kind of see that. Like, there's you hear stories sometimes of like MMA fighters who have been involved in some sort of violent altercation or, 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 you know, hitting and it's like pregnant I, women with his car and fleeing well, yeah. the scene. And, um, yeah. you don't, I don't excuse any of that, but it does make sense. It's like, okay, like they, you're dealing with people who like, they can't, they can't remotely compartmentalize things. Or, so, or, you know, some people. um, so this has been the nice, light fluffy lead into our marvel draft well that's because that's because i have nine picks and i'm taking hank pym on everyone so i'm just getting everyone ready for it oh there we go we don't have podcast anymore chad uh, yes i know you want to i know you finally want us to jump to the draft but uh can i just do one last shout out yeah yeah this is actually dames related i just listened to how i caught the wrestling bug uh oh. by david uh, is it Lovell Lavelle? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Lovell. Lovell okay, he's yeah. British, but uh, <laughs> he does a he's podcast. Very British. Yeah. He he just had uh, Dames on recently, um, and mm-hmm. I listened to the podcast episode that he was on. It's really uh, good. Um, and David, I think, has a really good show. So yeah, he has, uh, for those out there, he had someone to, else how on I, caught I the was interested yep. in listening to, but I don't remember who it was. Oh, he. Uh, I have. I haven't had like an in-depth discussion with him, but oh, we had I, our boy Garrett on too. Yeah, uh, I haven't had an in-depth discussion with with Dave, but I've asked him like, oh, could I be on the? Could we? Could we or me in any combination of us be on the podcast? And he's like, sure. So I'm sure we could make that happen at some point, so we can get some uh, <laughs> some synergy, some cross promotion. But it's uh, it was cool that Dave that Dave was on it. So yep. just want to give that guy a plug. I, now, for what it's worth, just to throw. I was around on that old forum too. It's just nobody knew who in the heck I was back at that point. <laughs> so, but I was around a little bit. Um, anyway, going into our draft, um, last time uh, we did with the DC draft, we did the snake draft. This time we'll be doing the snake draft again with four teams forming up instead of three. Uh, Brad, what's our order for our uh, draft? Well, Shad, you have the first pick. Uh, I am eternally stuck at two. We've done three drafts now, and I've been the second pick each time. Um, Dames is going to be third, and Matt is going to be fourth. All right. I finally get out of the last spot. Interesting. Um, So, uh, if you have any particular self-imposed restrictions, um, I figure this is a good place to bring them up. Mine... It's kind of like the DC draft. I'm trying to avoid going for uh, a bunch of people that have gotten to be like big and popular out of the 
the recent, um, you know, out of recent movies and stuff like that. Like some of them are going to be recognizable names, but it's I'm not going to be like, eh, you know, Thor, Tony Stark, that sort of stuff. Um, uh, so I'm probably going to stick to the five man band philosophy we talked about last week which is you're gonna have to correct me matt that's strong guy smart guy leader guy skill guy Lancer. and the chick right yeah. yeah i'm pretty much gonna gonna follow that one too i right, leader lancer smart guy big guy and the chick uh but then we have we're doing a total of nine or we can't do a total of nine yeah up so to gonna, seven picks with two reserves yes so I have mine that I hopefully can draft because hopefully people aren't going to take them. Well, I'm winning the shit on this. <laughs> yeah, Matt and I might be slapping over. I've been hemming and hawing a lot because I was like, I want to do a street level. Then I'm like, I want to do a cosmic level. And then I'm even like, I want to do like a basic bitch Avengers too. So I've been all, right. all over the map. Okay, so I guess I've got the first pick. And so let me stretch for just a second here. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a guy. I want to pick a guy who is, is someone that uh, it seems like most heroes in the Marvel Universe look to relatable. He's uh, I don't know if you'd call him an exemplar, but, you know, someone that they, you know, kind of kind of lies at the heart of everything that can bring people together that, um you know, was able to gather a team together, and I'm I'm drawing this out because I imagine imagine what might be happening while I'm doing it. But to put the capper on it, someone who would kick the entire poker tournament out of his apartment because of a booty call. I am picking Ben Grimm, the Thing, also, as my first. Ah. Also, um, I can never remember the promotion's name, but he was a pro wrestling heavyweight champion of like a universal promotion in his weight class. That's true. Ben Grimm is my favorite Marvel character, no contest. Also, Just in general, great feud with the Yancey Street Gang for comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's like a really good pick. Thing uh, Thing is on my list of possible draftees. He is absolutely solid. You could have him be, well, you could have him be the big guy, but you could also have him. I guess be if you're gonna do the five man band, you could be like the uh, the link. He could technically kind of be the lancer. You yeah. could also maybe even have him be the leader, depending upon how you want to play that. He, he is. Told, he could almost, as odd as it would be, fall into the chick role and be the heart of the team, um, as as kind of the guiding principle for everything. See, but, you know what I've kind of developed with Ben Grimm, where I've really started to see him as is I kind of see him as like your degenerate, that cool degenerate uncle you had growing up that just, you know, smokes, drinks, probably has like a foot high stack of pornography in his bedroom. <laughs> like that's kind of what Ben Grimm is to me. Like there was, I just read like the first issue of Marvel two and one from the seventies. And he literally buys a bus ticket to Florida to beat up man thing because he's ripping off his gimmick. <laughs> uh, Hey Brad. Yeah. Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation. Yes, I want to nice. do a whole episode on that because <laughs> because um I think even She Hulk and D Man were involved in that. Yes, Demolition Man was one of the uh, prominent members of that. I'm that gonna federation. have to read that. And but... um thing thing left and didn't want to do it anymore because they were going in a more sports entertainment route instead of legitimate competition. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I had read a uh, a book back when I was in middle school about the Fantastic Four, and it highlighted uh, what Ben Grimm like had to go through because it, it's not just the unlike the weird '70s cartoon where it was the thing ring do your thing and it turns you know he's stuck that way, and he's so heavy and he's so you know he doesn't have the dexterity like the um, Jessica Alba, Chris Evans, uh, Michael Chiklis, Fantastic Four movie. Really, the only thing I, I like um, Michael Chiklis and Chris Evans in it. But the 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 Ben Grimm sections of that movie were were both like the only things I liked, and I just really enjoyed them. So I, this is this is my guy. Like I laughed at that meme I sent you guys of. Ben Grimm yelling at the Yancey Street gang for that drawing and he's holding like the movie thing. Yeah. Do you, I, do any of you guys ever play Rise of the Imperfects? I don't think so. No, but I know what you're talking about. It was, it was a Marvel fighting game, Rise of the Imperfects. And all of the big name heroes got not, got taken out. So there would be room for original characters to put in. But the first guy you got to play as was Ben Grimm and it was awesome. So there you go. There's my first pick, Ben Grimm. And, and they're they're doing the uh, new Fantastic Four. Like I I really wonder what how that's gonna go. Like I I think it's the casting is gonna be like absolutely vital. My my problem with them yeah. trying to do an FF movie is there's already two great Fantastic Four movies out there, and they're called The Incredibles. And I don't <laughs> think they can top those. <laughs> That's that's a really good point. The um... and I also think Hollywood's not going to do it right because the Fantastic Four, in in my opinion, when they're done right, they are not superheroes; they're explorers. Yes, and it's it, you got to focus on the family aspect of Fantastic Four, okay. and I think the really big difficult issue that the first movies had, and every movie really going forward, it seems to have is how you convey Mr. Fantastic's powers in a way that are not cheesy or uh, lame, fake looking lame, you know, and then <laughs> not played up I for comedy, lot, which is of, like, yeah. 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 A lot of people give me shit and troll me because I'm a Fantastic Four fan. I get more trolled about that than, than, than I hear positives about the Fantastic Four. So the fact that you love Ben Grimm is awesome. I love, I love the Fantastic Four. I've got, so many of their comics and uh that's he's really arguably he's arguably the best character in comic books he's um i don't think people really rate him I, well i guess kind of like really big comic nerds probably do but i think people when they're talking about you know famous comic comic characters you know they think of like superman batman spider-man stuff like that but i don't think ben Grimm gets like the love he should but yeah he is a fantastic character that probably should be at least on like a top 10 list. I mean, I think people don't realize that like the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man carried them through the 60s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially the Spider-Man human, human torch uh, rivalry. Mm. If there was a way and, you know, I'm 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 pretty deep in the cosplay scene. If there was a way for me to make a good Ben Grimm costume, I would be so happy. But God, that's hard. That's <laughs> Just as an aside, like they they are doing that movie, um, yeah. and I don't know, I guess really what their plans are for if they're gonna do like an overarching villain. It seems like, uh, based upon spoilers alert for those who 
who know anything about Loki, it seems like there is one particular villain that they might have as the as the overarching villain. Um, and he's supposed to be like he's supposed to be the villain in the, the, the third <laughs> Ant Man movie. Um, but if they were to do like Doctor Doom, like Doctor Doom literally could be a Thanos level like villain. He's yeah. he's yeah. You're talking about Fucking you're talking about like Big Wars. Yeah, Battle ben, World. Oh yeah, Ben Grimm is like oh. one of the best comic characters. Doctor Doom is is legitimately one of the best. Uh, villains overall like period it's a character though because the thing the -hmm. thing that i think hollywood would really need to get right with dr doom is when you talk about latveria he is like a good ruler of latveria like he has the best interest of his people out there he protects them like he watches after them he is legitimately popular because he takes care of them like that is an aspect of his character that makes him super interesting. It's it's the one thing he really has it, that Lex Luthor yeah, doesn't. It, it makes him complex. It humanizes him because otherwise, you know, the world views him as like this megalomaniacal, megalom- like world-conquering evil villain. You know, he's hated. He's fought the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, etc. But then, you know, there would be stories where you they go to Latvia and they, they talk to people and they're like, no, we love him. Like he's an absolutely fantastic ruler, and he is in like that country. Like he's, he's great. He like really does right by them. So oh. it it does make him like in, an actually interesting villain because he's not just evil. He's not just you know twirling a handlebar mustache. He he has like that complex side to him. Mm-hmm. So just as an aside, really quick, uh, I went to a Brazilian steakhouse with a friend a few years back, and we had a waitress, and you know down in in. Florida, uh, every person that serves you has like a little tag that says where they're originally from because nobody's really from Florida. And uh, <laughs> and one of them, one of them says Latvia. So I asked her, "How does it feel to have Doctor Doom ruling your country?" <laughs> because I did not know that Latvia and Latveria were two different things. <laughs> Ah, that's funny. Oh, that's great. So there you go. Okay, I think that moves on over to Brad for our next pick. Brad, who have you got? Okay, well, I haven't quite decided on which way I'm going yet, so I'm going to take a pick that I can use kind of multifaceted, except he's going to take me out of street level. But I'm going to take Thor as my first pick. Okay, are you ready for an awful joke? Sure. You know why it's difficult for me to watch those uh, his line of movies? Why is they're that? so long. They're so long that by the time I get done, my butt's Thor. That was really bad. It was. It really was. Hey, Jeff Goldblum was really good in Ragnarok. <laughs> Ragnarok was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I did. I did watch Ragnarok. Yeah, I enjoyed that. You know what's actually funny is um Korg, who's in Thor Ragnarok, he fights that those race of stone men in his first appearance back in journey into mystery oh wow yeah huh. did you see the uh korg and deadpool uh together the little trailer watching the ryan reynolds new movie no no <laughs> that that's a real thing okay you can youtube it ryan reynolds as deadpool and korg together are watching the trailer for ryan reynolds next movie i really <laughs> loved his um when he did the the Bob Ross one as Deadpool, he's like, now you're just going to beat this off. You're going to beat it <laughs> off like it owes you money. 
Whack off a little bit. <laughs> Do you want to know like a really weird um, piece of like trivia, I guess? It, I I was downloading like random like podcasts and stuff like that not long ago. And I downloaded a podcast that's on like cryptids from yeah. like 10, 10 years ago or something like something like a long time ago, like a long time. And there's there was a guy who was like on the podcast. I don't know if it's like just, I don't think he was a host. He's more like just like a guest star. Right. And I'm like that guy's voice sounds so familiar. Like who is that dude? Because it was it was a it was a podcast that was done in Australia or New Zealand. Because it was New Zealand. <laughs> and I looked up like the show notes for that podcast, and it's like holy shit, it's Taika YTT, and yeah. he's just like on the fucking podcast talking about like <laughs> cryptids. And I'm like, why? What? What? What's wow. going on in this guy's life? Why was he? Why was he on a random? podcast talking about like you know the yowie or whatever the 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 australian bigfoot yeah um and it was very like humor themed he was actually like making jokes but which fits in with the fact that that dude's like a comedian like legit comedian but Mm. it was bizarre well that's fun and now the dude's like career is actually blown up like huge he's like didn't he get nominated for oscars maybe i don't know yeah which is a really great movie by the way if you haven't seen it I have not seen it yet. It is really funny. So I think I think where Thor works is you can do cosmic with Thor. You can do standard Avenger stuff. Like he's you're gonna be a strong guy. Um, really, he's probably he's up there. I think Hulk's really the only one stronger than him as far as like Earth-based people. Well, I guess he's mm-hmm. Asgard. But yeah, that's my pick. Thor um, gives you some Avengers cred right off the bat, so Dames, you are up with your first pick. Is there really a question? <laughs> no. It's Come not, on. but let's pretend it is. Let's just get Devil Dinosaur right. out of the way and we can yeah, move on. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, okay. Yeah, all joking aside, Dames, I'm going to go ahead, because I'm, I'm writing all of these down. On your first spot, I'm writing Nomad. So that, uh... <laughs> that that's acceptable. Uh, any, any, anybody anybody that knows me for any length of time knows that I love Captain America, and he's obviously my pick. Um, Captain America has been a very uh, influential character in my life, my entire life, <laughs> um, and that's because uh, when I was a kid, I. I barely knew how to speak English or read or anything until I was like six. So English was my first language and excuse me, Spanish. <laughs> and, uh, um, I was reading comic books. So the first few comic books that really caught my attention were daredevil, Spider-Man and captain America. And what I would notice is whenever there was a crossover, every other character respected captain America, every other character deferred to captain America. They saw him as the, guy to follow so to me it almost made him like wow he's the biggest fucking deal and plus i i always thought his abilities were awesome like the fact that you has mastered every single fighting style obviously that's not showing the movies and stuff but he's he's basically trained hawkeye how to fight he trained so many other people how to fight because he's already mastered judo jujitsu boxing wrestling every fighting style that there is on top of the superhuman abilities and the fact that he's the best leader and all the qualities that make Captain America the best <laughs> to me. So obviously I can't go a draft without picking him first. So there you go. 
I think um I think one of I, I, I do want to ask you one question. Matt and I have stated this on the show before about Captain America and comics. And we've both said we think his comic works best when he's more into like espionage type stuff than when it's like straight up superhero stuff. Uh, I would agree. Um, the run that that really got me back into comics was the Ed Brubaker run in 07. That was fantastic. Uh, where the, yeah, I mean, the entire storyline from the Winter Soldier uh, to eventually, um, you know, passing the, the shield on to Falcon by the end of his run. Um, I loved everything when it came to the espionage stuff. I loved everything with street-level stuff. It was one of the best written comics I'd ever read. And I think that's really what got me back into uh, reading other things that Brubaker had written and then just diving back into comics altogether. So a lot of that is attributed to the street-level stuff that he was doing. After that, um, when it became, uh, I think it was Rick Remender's run, it was too, it went too far in the other direction. It got weird because he was in like that other dimension or whatever yeah yeah it's in the space dimension for a number of issues and um you know this the the art was very jarring compared to the uh rubaker style yeah because i know someone that just read the remender one in like isolation like he's like why wasn't this well liked because like it's not that bad and i was like well you have to understand this came right after the Brubaker run. So like in context, it was like a bad follow-up while it might be a fine run on its own. Like it, you know, you just can't follow the Brubaker thing with some weird sci-fi story where he's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're that yeah. sunk about following a great run like that, you might as well get weird with it. Cause it's not going to go over great regardless. I don't like the, I mean, the... it wasn't, it wasn't a bad run. It was just very different. Yeah. Preceded. And Remender gets weird. Remender gets really weird. Yeah, um, I've read some of his indie stuff, uh, Fear Agent, and a couple other things. Um, his his X Force was decent, I thought. All right. So Captain America, the I was I was I was kind of teasing at the beginning, sounding like I was going to pick Cap, but I knew that Dames wasn't going to go for that. <laughs> I already have to fight Matt on something. I imagine I'd end up having to fight Dames too. But uh, all right, Matt, I think that takes us to your first two picks. Uh, it does. I was gonna say like I, if I had actually gotten um, higher than Dames in the draft, like I would not have dared to take Captain America. That would <laughs> no, not I would. The biggest dick move. I wasn't gonna. I know how much he loves him. I, well, one, I wasn't gonna do that to him because he was kind enough to come on our show, and secondly, I. I'm pretty sure he would find me and stab me to death. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but Cap, I think is you can't you can't go wrong with that pick. Like that's if I was actually like if I had, if Marvel hired me tomorrow as a writer of like a, a, an Avengers, and you're like you can have literally anyone, any like Marvel superhero on the Avengers, like write your book. He would be he would in real life he'd be like my first number one. It's like I have to have Captain America. Like he has to be like the linchpin of of my team like you can't go wrong with captain america yeah uh capper iron yeah. man well yeah, just fits before we keep going re- re- really quick um i loved captain america obviously before the movies came out so when when these movies came out and he started to get more popular 
mm-hmm. made me very happy. And then by the time Endgame rolled around, first off, I kept waiting. When Civil War was announced, waiting for him to die. When Infinity mm-hmm. War came around, I was waiting for him to die. The trailer showed Thanos about to squash him. I'm waiting for him to die. And by the time we get to Endgame and he's featured, they finally give you that moment when it's just him versus Thanos and the entire army from the Infinity Gauntlet. It's so classic. Mm-hmm. I, I screamed. I was I was that guy in the movie theater. All those theater reactions when he, when he lifts Mjolnir and oh, I'm screaming. <laughs> I, that, I I think we probably talked about that in person before, or at least on text, whatever. But when I I did see that in the in the theaters, and I mean I haven't I haven't had a chance to go to the movies much in the last like two three years just because of life and obviously a pandemic. But yeah. When I was there with, you know, obviously when Endgame came out, like the opening weekend, full theater of people. And when that scene comes up, when he you see like a fist grab Thor's hammer and you see it's Captain America. And and in the context of the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe, they no one had been presented as being able to even lift an inch that hammer because they weren't worthy, except except Thor. They, they I thought Thor it. said when he pit, when when he when Thor looked up, he's like, "I knew it." Yeah, because they teased it when yeah. he did budget slightly, and Thor's yeah. face changed. In that was in yeah. Age of Ultron, yeah. Yeah, um, but when you saw it was him, the the entire theater erupted in cheers, and there are, I don't think I've ever seen that reaction in a theater from people and i've seen i've been to a lot of movies before especially i've been to a lot of like marvel movies some of the star wars movies like no one reacted like that like it to put it in wrestling terms the entire fucking theater marked out <laughs> see and I, it was brilliantly done i will give them credit it's, one of the, it's the biggest pop i've ever heard in the movie see yeah. you know I knew it was. I thought it was going to happen at some point in the movies because he did it in the comics, but I don't remember where I saw it in the comics. It's it's kind of like a throwback to the comics, yes, but it 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 was just it, to me it was brilliantly done. Like uh, you could argue that it, that's the single finest moment from all the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's, it's like a that lot was of build. like such a payoff. And, and, and yeah. Wait, wait, wait. And right, because right after that is the best <laughs> fucking moment in Marvel Comics movie history. The portals and everybody coming yes. out. And Avengers Assemble. That was the yeah. second biggest pop I've ever. Heard it was in the movie because the, you knew they were about to fuck shit up. Like that things are now gonna. The tide <laughs> and, had and now, was I, now gonna turn. I'm not gonna lie. I'm 100% telling you the truth. I listen to Portals, the sound, the the soundtrack, at least once a week, and I still get chills. Mm-hmm. I see videos of that scene, and I can't watch. I can't look away. I have to watch it anytime it comes up on my screen. And I get chills every time. I get what you're saying, Dane. It's it's not for it's not that for me because I'm I'm I am this stick in the mud. Like I I haven't seen Infinity War Endgame because frankly, Marvel isn't my bag. But I'll listen to the Shazam title track about once a week, and I still get chills <laughs> for it. Like that that happens for me. Like, I was seriously sitting in the theater to see that. I had tears in my eyes because it was finally happening. If if you think about how how amazing it is that you have such a payoff after a ten year build in Mm -hmm. movies, that is unheard of, man. No, and now now everybody's trying to do it. Now everybody's trying to everybody's trying to do it. You can't recreate it. Even they're trying to recreate it, and they probably won't be. Yeah, they're trying to do it too fast. 
Yeah. They're like, instead of taking 10 years to do it, they're like, okay, we got to get this done. How can we do it by next year? And it's like, <laughs> he can't. Oh, and I'm, I'm stunned that they actually had like the, the patience to, to, actually do it over 10 year period the you know the other great you know why though it's because it's because they started as outsiders and they built this plan because they didn't Mm. have standard hollywood people to tell them it wouldn't work yeah honestly 10 years ago 10 years ago if somebody told you that marvel was going to actually do the infinity gauntlet storyline and pull it off and it would be the biggest event in movie history would you have fucking believed that? I wouldn't not have a, believed. Not a chance. Not I wouldn't have believed they could have pulled Avengers off, and they got further than that. Yeah. Yeah. The other, there's another great moment that uh, the cat moment is is it is like the top pop, uh, but another great if you in terms of like waiting ten years for a payoff and kind of doing a callback and in its own right, his awesome his crowning moment of awesome was when Tony gets all the infinity gauntlets and he goes yes. he, he does his own snap it's like i am iron man it's like he that's a call back to the very first movie which yeah. at that i mean if that movie had not been any good if it that had failed like yeah. you wouldn't have got any of this nope yeah uh and i'm it i really actually would i mean it's i i guess credit is due to it was the the first couple iron man films were well written and john favreau obviously is very competent and and is good at genre stuff because his stuff in mandalorian i think has been really good too um but i think if they had not gotten someone as absolutely charismatic as robert downey jr who not like no literally like if they if there they was a not, real life Tony i don't think Stark, they could make it would it. be him oh it would be robert yeah i don't if they ever try to make more iron man movies i mean literally like 50 years from now like you're not gonna find i doubt you'd find someone who's as good but he's he's iconic in that role but that was really that was another awesome moment we could really just <laughs> talk the rest of the podcast about it yeah the marvel cinematic universe films well i'll i'll sign off because i haven't seen enough of them <laughs> uh, all right, let, let me let me go to my picks <laughs> please do all right so i i get two picks because it's snaking yep. um i'm i'm gonna start off with the five-man band but i'm gonna I'm gonna bounce around in it. I'm gonna. I'm actually glad that you guys picked the guys you did. I'm actually gonna go with someone who's gonna be my leader role. Um, it's a guy who actually played a big role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but uh, I think I don't know if he's ever led officially led the Avengers in the comics. I can't recall, but a guy who I think would be an interesting and new take on leader would be Black Panther. He's my choice. Uh, I you know think I don't think ways, he ever has. I don't think he has, um, but he could easily fill the role that like a, t- a Tony Stark or uh, a Captain America would play. He might he's... have led them briefly, like when the team was really kind of when they had Gyrick and stuff mm-hmm. in the seventies. He might yeah. have been a leader for, and they did do the rotating chairman. So like in the like original group, like all of them led at least at some point in the story. Yeah, even the Wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'm sorry. You just gave me this visual in my head of they're sitting around, they're sitting around the table and they're going, okay, well, next thing we have to do is we have to address the maintenance budget. Hulk, you're the chairman. What do you think? Maintenance budget. Mm, Hulk. Hulk smash. <laughs> just can't get that out of my head. Sorry, non sequitur. No problem. Um, I think Black Panther has 
has been written pretty well in the last few years. Oh, I would say like the last 20, 25 years in the comics. I mean, uh, he's always kind of been written pretty well, but there's times where he's been backburnered. I think that the series that occurred, I think it was like the late 90s. The was by, was by Chris, yeah, Christopher yeah. Priest was really, really good. And that's in many ways some of the stuff that you were seeing with the, the Black Panther movie and the kind of popularity of the character in in the last like 10, 15 years, I would actually attribute to like Christopher Priest because Christopher Priest, uh, I would, it's unfair to say that he's, he like brought the character back from obscurity because I don't think the character was obscure, but he really brought him back and made him uh, an absolutely fantastic, strong character. He's a character uh, that doesn't necessarily, is not, he has to be done right to support a solo title on his own. And I don't yeah. think that they thought he could do that at the time. And Priest pulled it off for like 50 or 60 issues. Yeah. I did a really great job. Really, really great job. They made that mistake with him a couple years ago where he had a, a solo title that was doing really well. But then they made the classic mm-hmm. mistake of, hey, this one book's doing well. So let's do like four Black Panther books. And it was like, well, the market's not there for it. Like, And they the others mm-hmm. didn't make it because, you know, there's really only – three characters that can support multiple titles a month. And that's Spider-Man, Batman, and Superman. Like anyone else, like you're really asking people a lot to, to get more than one book. You can maybe get away with it with the X-Men, but you need to do different characters. Yeah. Um, The pre-series was great. And then some of the stuff that's been done in the last like 10, 15 years, I think it's been really good. I didn't really like him marrying Storm. Like that one. I was like, uh, but I actually kind of liked that. But they did some good uh, stuff I don't know. with it. I thought. I guess I wasn't as uh, as much of a fan of that pairing, but I think I think his character that in again in recent years has been done really well. He'd really fit with the leader type. I think he'd be interesting. Um, I just re I've been telling you, Brad. I just re-upped my Marvel Unlimited subscription after have, letting it lapse for like a year, two years, and I'm trying to read through all like the major Marvel events starting from like the late 2000s so i'm working my way through secret invasion i know it's like that's like 12 years old yes. at this point Not very um, 13 good. years old it's it, overall the overall storyline isn't that great but they did the secret invasion um tie-ins for black panther it's fucking awesome it's only like three issues maybe but it's it's the scrolls invading wakanda and the entire the entire like three issue uh tie-in the thing that I would probably most find it comparable to, it's it's almost like um, like an if they did an episode of Samurai Jack, where it's kind of almost minimalist, but it's like the Wakandans just fucking brutalizing the scrolls in like awesome fashion until until like uh, Storm and Black Panther get captured. But then you find out that that's actually part of um, Black Panther's plan to actually eliminate the scroll leadership uh, that is in invading Wakanda. And that's that in itself is awesome. And he like pulls a fast one on the scrolls who are presented as like this incredibly like advanced, like super scientific race that like these the, these like Wakandans, like they're basically like, you know, barbarians scratching in the dirt compared to us. And they just get wrecked. And there's an, even an awesome, a really super awesome segment in, uh, in like the first issue that the tie-in, where Black Panther is alone fighting like a super scroll, 
and the Super Scroll is like not wiping the floor with them, but he's like he he, he seems like he has the upper, the upper hand, and Black Panther is basically just like he's observing him to catch what flaws are in this guy's plan, and once he has like studied him enough to figure it out. He's just like, okay, like you're throwing a punch. I'm going to duck to the side. And then now I'm going to literally snap your arm in two. And it's like, it's, he does that in such short fashion. He makes it look easy. And it's so fucking awesome. Like it is, it's basically like a Samurai Jack episode over the course of like three episodes. It's like fan, three issues. It's like so fantastic. Um, but yeah, Black Panther would be my choice as leader. Um, and then I'm going to go, I'm going to go different. I'm going to go into the Marvel, um, magic realm brad and i'm gonna jump to smart guy the smart guy role i'm gonna pick dr strange that's a good pick um i just read a bunch of actually i just read all of his 60s comics oh yeah yeah um gets really good after it needs about 10 or so issues like once dormammu shows up it gets pretty good and they do this like i mean these were when it was in strange tales so it's only like 10 page stuff but I, they did this like twenty part thing where like Baron Mordo and Dormammu team up on him, cool. and um, some of the art gets really awesome. Like when Gene Colan like comes in and some other guys. I should um, I should try and read some of that because I remember this is like really going back to when I was a kid. You guys remember like they would put out, Marvel would put out these books. That had like five or six issues of their titles. Oh yeah, the hundred-page uh, specials or whatever. Something like that, but it was it, but it was like a big like trade paperback type of thing, because I would they would have it in actually like my local library, and I didn't reread. It, it must have been like reprints from like the '60s stuff. It might have been the masterworks. Those were popular in the '90s. Maybe, but they would also they would usually like throw in like a a Doctor Strange issue, and I always found it like really fascinating. Um, so I'd be interested in reading some of that stuff. What, what I find is a good bit of internal consistency from Stanley is one of mm-hmm. the one of the the spells he uses the Crimson Bands of Sidorak, which also the Juggernaut mm-hmm. used to get the Juggernaut powers. Mm-hmm. And he also calls on Dormammu, and then once they, like, run into each other, he stops using Dormammu once they have their their issues. But I think that's a good pick. Um, yeah. That's a good pick. It's, yeah, because I, 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 I thought about it. I could go into, uh, you know, obviously, like, magic storylines, and he's um, he's also someone who he would fit the role of, like, the smart guy. He, he's a guy who could, you know, effectively become leader Yeah. Uh, if Black say. Panther was incapacitated. So I thought he would be a really solid pick. I would agree with that. I, I thought about Doctor Strange, and I was like, there's no way that he's going to last until he gets to me, so I just wrote him off. Yeah. I was hoping that no one pick would pick him, so. All right. I think we're back to Dames. All right. So, uh, my number two. So, normally when I play, like, Marvel fighting games, I'm going to pick Captain America. Right, this is my first guy, and then, you know, for my second or third guy, I gotta go with my second favorite guy, which is Spider-Man. And uh, I know that, you know, it's it's not fair because <laughs> Spider-Man's so popular or whatever. But I, I've loved Spider-Man for a long time, and now my son loves Spider-Man. So 
there's so much Spider-Man stuff in my house. And, um, you know, my favorite video of, of my son is, is when he met Spider-Man at, at Universal. And there was so much love in, in that Spider-Man for this house, aside from Captain America, that, you know, those are my two. Those are my two favorites. Okay. So, okay, Dave. Gotta go with them. Okay, you got you got to answer a tough question here though. Are you yeah. going with are you going with your standard issue red and blue Spider-Man outfit? Or are you going like are you going with the the symbiote black and white Spider-Man <laughs> look? Oh man, um, I love them both. <laughs> I love 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 them both. But I gotta go with the classic, um, just because the the black one, as cool as it is, is now more associated with Venom. Yeah, um, that's true. so. <clears throat> Um, but uh, I, you know, when it comes to the Spider-Man movies, uh, the Tobey Maguire ones, I, I, I loved them. Even Spider-Man Three, which was horrible, I, I saw it on opening night. <laughs> I did. You know, I went out of my way to see it. <laughs> I like. I still laugh at gifts of like stupid Tobey Maguire dancing though. From yeah, three. Yeah. We were sitting in the theater <laughs> on opening night, and there's the scene in the, uh, you know, in the jazz bar. And Peter's doing his whole thing. And Mary Jane comes up behind him. And Peter doesn't realize who it is. And he turns around and, and smacks her. And, and then he realizes who it is. Like, we're sitting in the theater. And the entire theater has gone quiet. And this guy's sitting two two or three seats down from me. He goes, yeah, that's what needed to happen right now. <laughs> Just absolutely <laughs> cracked everybody up and ruined this scene. I thought but two, it was great. I think two would still rank highly as a superhero movie. I think the Tobey Maguire ones are a little flawed. Mostly, I think Kirsten Dunst wasn't a great Mary Jane, and they kind of didn't was. get her character. But I would still rank two highly. I thought the guy that played Octavius nailed it. Um, they really nailed his origin in that movie. Alfred Molina. Yeah. 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 That's that's one of the things I'm really excited about Spider-Man: Far From Home is because they're including. They're including some of these characters, uh, and they're 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 bringing back Alfred Molina as uh, as Doctor Octopus, and uh, they're even I guess they're even bringing back like Jamie Foxx as Electro from the oh. Andrew Garfield films. Huh. which you know they haven't said that the other Spider-Man are in it, but that's probably going to be in it. <laughs> I hope have they have, have they have they haven't? I thought they had. They, they are not confirmed. It's, oh, it's, I see. You know, it's it's a big rumor, but it's not confirmed. And a lot of people in the industry are very curious about the fact that uh, there's still no trailer for that movie. Yeah, and it's supposed to come out at the end of the year, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, by um, now, by live now, action Spider Ham would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can pull that off. It, um, uh, oh, it's Spider Man. Uh, no way home. I call it far from home. That was the second one. Um, is is Craven supposed to be in this, or are they just doing like a standalone film for him? Um, I I think I think he's a Sony villain, right? Yeah, he's supposed. I mean, they just hired the guy who uh, who actually played Quicksilver in Avengers two to be like Craven. Yeah, but I, yeah. I thought I thought the Sinister Six or something. The yeah, the rumor was that. I don't know. I mean, this was like a long time back, so I don't know if this is it's still the case, but the rumor is that Craven was going to be a villain in this. Uh, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Uh, I, you know what's... Just to talk about probably what is the best Spider-Man 
um, story, which really doesn't have much Spider-Man, but um, Craven's Last Hunt is a must-read for Marvel. Yeah, that's a classic. That's a classic. It's really dark, though. I'm just going to warn you, it's very dark. Yeah. I know everybody hates... The one everybody hates is One More Day. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah, I hate yeah. it. <laughs> you know, I, I hate the Clone Saga more than I hate One More Day because the Clone Saga was just, like, never ending. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. fair. The Clone Saga was uh, awful. One More Day was god-awful. Honestly, One More Day soured me on Joe Quesada entirely. I don't I, care the, what else he's done. Yeah. The That's one, it. I'm so done. The one defense I will give of One More Day is we got a really good run of Spider-Man comics after that, and it did... Uh, Superior Spider-Man gets like oh, some weird I reactions. Love, I love Superior Spider-Man. <laughs> And and because here's the thing with Superior Spider-Man, if you if you ever question who his main villain is, Green Goblin or Doctor Octopus, read Superior Spider-Man and it'll tell you why Doctor Octopus is like his main rival and not Green Goblin. Yes, I I, I absolutely love that entire run. Um, it took a creative slot risk in Spider-Man for a long fucking time. Yeah, yeah, uh, I loved I loved all the tie-ins, all the side characters that came out of it, like Silk and all that. Um, I love Spider-Gwen now, and Miles Morales is now getting popular and shit. I fucking... My son knows all these other Spider-Men because now they're marketing to these kids uh, this new show on Disney Junior called Spidey and His Amazing Friends. And it's literally Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Spider-Gwen, or now Go Spider, as basically, like, teaching toddler shit. Wow. Is this, like, for like for little kids? Yeah, it's on Disney Junior starting this week. I would have well, to prod my actually, kids off of PJ Masks to get them to look. I I need to uh, <laughs> I need to actually check this out. Oh, I'm looking it up. It's like it's done. They, uh, they kind of look like PJ Masks. <laughs> yeah, Shad. Looking at it, it looks it looks kind of like PJ Masks. It's very um, it's very like uh, <laughs> what's what's like the the Japanese term? It's like chibi. It's like chibi. Uh, chibi. Yeah, it's yeah. like miniaturized, like yeah, it, chibi. Yeah, it, that's what it looks like. Um, I, I, Brad, I don't know if you've seen this. You mentioned Spider Ham. Uh, have you seen Into the Spider Verse? No, I, it's it's on my to do list. I just haven't it got to is, it. I know oh, it's excellent. It's, it's fucking fantastic. And Dames and I actually saw that in the theater together with a friend of the show, Christy Petrillo, <laughs> and his son Zach. Um, it. We that was an actually there is an argument that is made and it is a, a fair argument that that might be the best actual Spider-Man film. It's it's there is I if people who say that I can't even be like no you're out of line like no it's, like it's it, it's I know an it's, absolutely fantastic movie. I know it's great, but sometimes like I've just been saving it for like a like a fine wine for a rainy day. I you just will not. Over and watch I it. would find it incomprehensible if you watch that. And you find it to not live up to the hype. No, no, I, there's no way, like, from what I've heard about it, that I won't like it. It's got Spider Ham in it, who's voiced, I think, by John Mulaney. Um, yes. It's got oh fucking Nick Cage as Spider Man Noir, and he is hilarious. Please tell me he used the money from that to buy that T Rex skull that's on his coffee table. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I can't, I cannot hear. I cannot hear or see Nick Cage ever again without thinking of the old college humor skit. Not about the bees. He, no, not no, the not bees. that one. The the college humor skit where he keeps saying yes to all of these movies 
and his agent's like, no, stop. I like being in movies, Gary. It's just, <laughs> if you haven't seen that, I'll send it to you later, but it is an amazing skit. There's, there's some movie that he is in right now that I actually really want to see. Um, pig? Once, what? Is it Pig? No, but I've, I've heard about that. That's actually, that's actually gotten good reviews. It has. Um, I actually was excited to see that because someone was like just describing it as like essentially Nick Cage does a version of John Wick. And I'm like, oh, but then I actually when the movie came out, I heard from like I I, like read something else that it was like, oh, no, it's actually like not there isn't like action or violence in it. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, But are you talking about Willie's Wonderland? Yes. (laughs) Where he's fighting evil uh, anthropo like animatronic animatronic. Uh, robots that allegedly are possessed by the spirits of like cannibalistic serial killers. Oh my god! It's he like brain damage, you, like seriously. You have me. That's, and, and that's it. Thing. Like I don't even need to to hear anymore. Here's your the other hook. Are you ready for the other hook? Yes. He never says a word. Yeah, he's like muting it. <laughs> oh my god! Nick Cage is fascinating. He's a fascinating <laughs> human being. Like I, I need to see that <laughs> film. I read about I read some article about the dumb stuff he's spent money on and it's like he has like a bunch of houses. I know that the T Rex skull. There was castle. something else crazy he bought. At a castle, I know. Yeah. Um but look, Nick I can't hate on Nick Cage too much. He he lives in, he is in one of there's like a handful of movies I can watch over and over and they never get old. And one of them is Nick Cage is gone in 60 seconds. That never gets old to me. So I can't hate on Nick Cage, but I can point and laugh with the best of them. I like The yeah. Rock. That's on my can watch. Uh, the Rock is a lot of fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yes. Let's see. So <laughs> I, love, I love the cable edit. Losers go home and date the prom queen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're just making, you're just giving me bad flashbacks to the, the SNL. Um, Sean Connery Jeopardy skits. Oh yeah, oh, I love those. Yeah. yeah, that was that was when when Sean Connery passed away. The only thing that I, I put up on any social media was the word Godspeed. Tell me the about essay. the penis mightier. Does it work, man? Will it mighty my <laughs> penis? That pen is mightier, Mister Connery. And I've I like been that. Trying to figure out a penis mightier or for the, a decade. Or like, well, you're this is your bet. A buck, like, and futter, buck futter. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't understand. Like, I think you do, Trebek. I think you do indeed. Bro, just like how your mother likes it, Trebek. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to take with my second pick. I'm going to go with my leader here. But he's also multifaceted. And, you know, you just need a money backer sometimes. So I'm going to take Tony Stark, Iron Man. Man. For my no, you know what? I'm screw that. I'm gonna change it up here. I'm gonna go weird. I'm gonna take James Rhodey as War Machine instead of Tony Stark. Oh shit! What? You seriously picked War Machine out from under me? Ha ha! Ah, dang it! All right. I'm gonna go weird because James why, Rhodey. Why can would still you leave. pick? Why would you pick him and not Tony? Because. because... Oh, go ahead, Brad. 
Rhodey brings a more interesting dynamic because he has a more militaristic thing. Um, he gets along better with people, so someone else can be the source of trouble. Um, he's a tactician more so than Iron Man is. And I would argue that he at times is more competent in the armor, plus more reliable. And he's more untapped as a character, I think, which makes him interesting to me. I was going to pick him because my personal challenge is not to pick marquee people if I can. But now I've got a slot that I have to consider on. So. And when I started reading Iron Man, he was actually in the armor at the time. Oh, okay. I got you. Because oh. Tony was a... Tony was awash in alcoholism at the time, so Rhodey was... Was that the demon in a bottle arc? No, there's been multiple times Rhodey's been in the armor, so... Okay. All right. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to... Well... Oh, daggone it. I was so he'll be that. my Lancer, we'll say. Okay. Does that fall to me? Yeah. You have your All next right. two. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to pick, uh, looking at the list that I had, the, it, there's not a, um, oh crap, I only had six. I'll have, I've got two spots to think about because I forgot about one. I'm not thinking about, um, I'm thinking about versatility. I'm thinking about characters that are able to do stuff. Uh, you know, so that I can have I can have sideways solutions, like why well, I picked Kyle Rayner for my Justice League last time. So the first one I'm going to pick, and this is weird because I know Dames is saying he loves the Fantastic. I don't like the Fantastic Four because I hate Reed Richards, but oh, I'm going to pick. Su- yeah, I'm going to pick Sue Storm here, um, because Sue's uh, force field manipulation is in just massively versatile uh once she starts experimenting with it and doing some doing some things and then here's the other fun part sue storm even theorized in one comic she said you know if i needed to i could give someone a stroke by putting one of my force fields in their brain so sue storm is a uh, very versatile um and and potentially terrifying pick. So she, she's actually she actually uh, she actually got them out of a jam by uh, doing that to someone's throat and basically suffocating them. Wow. Yeah. So and we got we kind of get to have a brother sister dynamic between uh, Ben and Sue. Well, and yeah. she's she's a confident hand to hand fighter. Yeah. Because um, Reed's taught her judo. I would also argue. She is an underrated source of leadership because she has managed big egos and the Fantastic Four for <laughs> a long time um, and keeps them together. Mm-hmm. So I would say I would say she has that going for her, too, as far as like adding a person, a stable personality to the team that is going to keep people in line. All right. Now, now not to derail this back in the movies, but just, I have to say this. And, uh, was there anybody ever more miscast than Jessica Alba as Sue Storm? Oh yeah. Um, George Clooney is Batman. Uh, he bat could have pulled it off with the card. Script. Oh my god, I hate that movie. But he could have pulled it off with the right script. People hate on Val Kilmer, but Val Kilmer was a good Bruce Wayne, and his Batman yeah, was decent. I like, I like Batman from Yeah. 
Val Kilmer was fine. It's just what he was surrounded with wasn't exactly great. That movie's not that movie's not great, but I think it gets a bad rap. It's not as bad as Batman and Robin. Right. Nothing is. No. <laughs> you got to go hey, along. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is the worst movie ever. Oh yeah, that is bad because Mortal Kombat one was actually halfway decent. Well, yeah, and I hate the second one. Oh yeah, because you know what pissed me off about that is I think you didn't even get thirty seconds into the movie and they just straight up murder Johnny Cage. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm still mad about it. Yeah, um, because my friend I, and I went because. Because Mortal Kombat 1 is legitimately, like, it's not amazing, but it's a decent movie. And we go because they set it up as a sequel, and they literally, like, one-shot kill him right yeah. off in the next yeah, movie. I, I know. And, man, when I saw that first movie, and it was like, I'm a teenager. I'm going out with my friends. We're in the movie theater in New York. And that first beat starts like, Mortal Kombat! Oh, man, that was an experience and i'm waiting for that second movie and i'm so hyped for it and then that happens i was like what and then they recast everybody <laughs> i think and, Luke, and, i think uh, um oh the Luke one King was the same yeah that was the only one because like sonia was different and yeah it, yeah raiden that, raiden they they recast obviously and the the thing with sub-zero and he's like didn't i kill your brother in the tournament <laughs> no didn't i kill you in the tournament no, that was my brother. All right, we're friends now. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> and the first one had legitimately good choreography, like the the fight with Reptile in the ruins. That mm-hmm. was a, a good fight. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that first movie, and I hate that second movie. Do you guys oh, want a recommendation for a video game fighting movie that is a comedic tour de force? Sure. DOA is one of the funniest movies I have ever seen. Oh my god! <laughs> um, can I ask a Can I ask a, a question about that? Yeah. I don't know how a screen could hold the amount of boob that you would need to do DOA right. Well, part it, of it is the fact that for the women to be as fit as they needed to be to be in that movie, they didn't have that much body. Fat. Like least... Jamie Presley is in it as Tina Armstrong, I think, and I mean that woman is ripped. But that means that she's not as busty as she. But you need, had. but but see, to be true to the source material, you need to start at at least double D. <laughs> they did have a volleyball scene in it. Well, they they straight up had a volleyball. Scene. All right, for my next pick. Hold <laughs> on, uh, Dames, have you? How did you feel about the the most recent Mortal Kombat movie from like a few months back or a few weeks back? Very disappointing. I was looking forward to it, and that first scene was awesome. Uh-huh. The, in, the intro scene was great. And then I didn't give two shits about Cole. There was no tournament. The fatalities were cool, but for the most part, man, I actually thought the first original movie from 95 was better. I didn't hate this most recent one, but I also didn't think it was that great. Um, the stuff with, with Sub-Zero and Scorpion I liked, but that's that's... Really, it's like outside of like the last fight, like that's nothing. There, there's there's none yeah. of that. I think I think the problem what the first movie has is like picking like an almost rave style music score to it, like where some like a lot of that soundtrack still gets played in clubs today. I think really made it memorable because you have these really decently choreographed fights on just like this like 
catchy music. Like, I think everyone that saw that movie went out and bought, like, the cassette of the soundtrack. Oh, I had it on, on, uh... CD. On CD, yeah. (laughs) So we can put it on repeat. Yeah, so this is funny. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And in April, when this movie came out, my friend told me that, oh, they made a remix of that song for the movie. So I played it and it was okay. And then my kids were like, what's that? And I was like, no, you, you're going to listen to this. And I played the original and then they made me play it 15 times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They That's... love it. They always did their version of dancing. They, they dance to it every time. That's hilarious. Okay. If, as a side note, like another, um, another movie that came out like in the late nineties that had uh, an interesting soundtrack was this, actually the spawn movie. I don't remember mm. the spawn movie at all. Other than was it, um, it's not, a, I didn't like the movie. I was, it was it John bad. Leguizamo as clown? Yes. Yes. Clown. yes. It's, it's not a good movie in my opinion, but, uh, the soundtrack was like really cool because it, it paired essentially like heavy metal or other acts, but there was a lot of heavy metal acts. Um, and with like uh, well, well, electronic artists um, now maybe they would be considered like EDM, but so you wound up with like Filter versus for Filter and Crystal Method did a song together. You'd have like you had uh, it was like a Marilyn Manson Sneaker Pimps uh, collaboration. It was interesting. Like I I remember like back in the late '90s, it was like a thing. That's interesting. I, I'm surprised they've never taken another stab at Spawn. I think. I think something has been in development for like a while. I want a Savage Dragon movie. Hmm. Or like a buddy cop TV show that's got Savage Dragon in it. Savage Dragon. Yeah, a procedural. Okay. I'm going to hit my second pick now again on the versatility. There's a friend of mine that made a good point once. He said, here's the thing. All of these guys were just straight-up bruisers. For example, to stay in universe, the Hulk. How do you win a fight with the Hulk? He said, levitate Hulk's a foot off the ground, and Hulk can't do anything. He, he doesn't have anything to push on. He doesn't have anything to grab. He doesn't have anything to hit. He's just floating there. Actually, um, I think the one caveat to that, though, is his thunderclap might not necessarily yeah, be but footing. In general in general in general concept. You're you're right. If he was to thunderclap then yeah, that's a thing. But that's that's far from his like go to, right? Or just any any like stomping brick type in general. Combine that kind of telekinesis with a powerful telepathy and I'm going to pick up the non Phoenix version of Gene Gray for my third slot. That's an interesting pick. Also, since apparently she can never die, so we'll throw that in there, too. Well, she is a phoenix. <laughs> I said non-phoenix version. I don't want the phoenix. Well, I mean, you got That yeah. adds so much baggage. So I guess I'm up. So I'm going to take my leader here since I changed last minute to War Machine. So I am going to take the Vision with my third pick. Which version of Vision? Um, the the standard one, the white one didn't last long, but I'm gonna go with the, like the standard, standard issue version of the the vision that has um Simon Williams, 
um, brain waves. Okay. Mm. And yes, I pulled a Wonder Man reference in there. <laughs> so, Dames, you are up for your third pick. Okay. All right. So, my third pick, I'm gonna go with Wolverine. Right. Interesting. Here's here's my here's my reasoning behind it. So since we're going by teams here, Wolverine obviously has team experience with X Men, but he normally doesn't like to play with others. However, he respects the shit out of Captain America because they used to serve together. So he takes direction well with him. You also need somebody on a team that has a healing power or some sort of uh, ability that gets you in a situation where you could possibly die, and he'll always take the hit. So he's a good guy to have. You have uncontrollable rage, but under the command of a leader of Captain America, you can channel that into something useful. So I think Wolverine would be an awesome addition to this team. Okay. There's some Avengers comic from like a decade ago. I think it was an annual, and he doesn't have like really any speaking parts. Like, but every panel he's in, he's just like stuffing his face with some like different version of food. There was, um, there used to be, I, I, they may have been published on Newgrounds, I don't remember, but there was a, a gag from, it, they were called Floating Hands Productions. And the joke was, they did these goofy versions of a bunch of Marvel stuff. And they had Wolverine in it. And they're like, okay, X-Men, here's what we're going to do. Team one is going to be this person, this person, and Wolverine. Okay, don't, okie dokie, don't you know? And then this person, this person, this person, and Wolverine. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then this person, this person, and Wolverine. Uh, Bob, wait a second. And then it, in the next episode, they're like, okay, let's go do this. Where's Wolverine at? And he comes running into the frame and he's like bends <laughs> over and he's gasping. He goes, sorry, I just got big, got here from Africa. And they're like, what were you doing there? He goes, well, it's hard being on four teams as well as having your own solo adventures. A guy's got to live, don't you know? <laughs> and that's stuck in my head with Wolverine ever since. I thought it was interesting. Um, they didn't stick with it, sadly. When they did the Wolverine and the X-Men comic after... It was around AVX, but he had taken over the school when Cyclops kind of went yeah. um, cuckoo militaristic, and he was running it, and they had, like, Krakoa, I think was the grounds, and uh, Dupe was head of security. I thought that was a really interesting take on him trying to be, like, a mentor type to all these kids. Mm-hmm. I think Jason Aaron wrote that. Yes, he did. What, uh, what, Mr. Logan, what do you teach at this school? <laughs> Art. <laughs> oh, that's a great line from the movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hmm. Oh, man. Okay, sorry. No, that's, that's a, that's a really good one-liner from the, from the movies. Okay, Matt, <laughs> you're up for your next two. Okay, we, uh, Brad, who did you pick as your... Vision. Oh, Vision, that's right. Um, Wolverine is a solid pick. Uh, I'm actually going to go, doing the five-man band, I'm going to pick my Lancer and, uh, quote-unquote, the chick. Um, it's a, it's a, basically, they're kind of like a team. I'm glad that I'm, I mean, it's actually fortuitous to me that I can pick two people at once. Uh, so I can pick kind of like my top people or people that I, I view as like a team. But uh, these characters were... Uh, romantically involved they were uh, a pair that have done their own series together at least a limited series 
Um, but I think they would pair really well. They've both been adventurous before, but uh, Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye. Yep. And Mockingbird. Oh, Ooh, good choice. Um, yeah, because I thought they you can both... go on Wasp right. and Pym there. Uh, I mean, I went with Doctor Strange as my smart guy, but uh, Pym as Ant-Man, Yellow Jacket, Giant Man, whatever. Like he would have been a he would have been a solid pick for like the smart guy role. Uh, and he's been an adventure for forever. So. I've just been reading Avengers West Coast, so I've been reading a lot of Mockingbird <laughs> and Hawkeye. Yeah. Um I think both of them would be really really well. They but they both could play into the uh into like the espionage. They're both agent I well, at least Mockingbird was an agent of Shield. Um I think Clint more like... was around Secret mm-hmm. Avengers. He's in later stuff I think he's been an agent of Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both kind of, you know, just reg- they're more regular, uh, humans without any you know, significant powers. So it depends because uh, Haw- Hawkeye for a while was using pin particles to be Goliath and he could grow to double his size. And then, um, oh, that's right. He, when Cap got assassinated after Civil War, I think Iron Man had him try out being Cap for a night and he was like, I can't do this. That was when they were doing I think, like, yeah, I think we remember that. Um, that's one of the Civil War tie ins, right? Yeah, because I think they had him do it and then they had Sam do oh, it. Man. No, Sam just straight up turned him down, I think, the first time because he was like, no, like, I'm not doing it. Yeah, he was. No, they were not really on speaking terms. At that yeah. Point. But yeah, they had Hawkeye try it once. He's like, hey, that was cool, but like, no, this ain't, this isn't me. Like, I can't, I can't be Cap. They handled that really well, though. I thought, I thought Bucky doing it. For the time he did, it was a really good choice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those two are my my next two picks. Um, I think they would pair well with each other. They could. Um, they I think they would pair well with uh, with this team with Black Panther. Uh, my next few picks are going to be more actually like superpower just to get just to get more variety because the the team I have now is it's less on actual like. They're superheroes, but it's less actual like super powered folks. You know, you've taken so. both archers from both companies now. That's actually true. <laughs> I didn't think true. I didn't actually think about that, but that's that's actually true. What I like about what you're what, with you pairing them up, what I like about it is no one will call Hawkeye mm-hmm. on his shit quicker than Mockingbird will. Yeah. Which I think is a good dynamic to have. Yeah. So you could you could obviously they would have that dynamic with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dames, you're up for pick number four. All right. So kind of keeping in line with what you guys were doing, I was thinking about who was going to be my female pick. And then there were two names that stuck out to me at first. First was going to be Scarlet Witch just because she's so powerful. And, uh, you know, obviously she's a she's a four. She's a <clears throat> excuse me. She's a, a, a threat. In, in any sense, but then, and this is going to be a, a completely other pick, I was also thinking about somebody like Hawkeye, but then when Mixon picked him, <laughs> I, th- I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll do Kate Bishop. But then I thought, you know who would actually be really cool to pair with my team right now? And that would be Shuri. Oh, interesting. That is an interesting Because... One. That's she, a... she, she, she checks mm-hmm. a lot of boxes, 
and the things she could do for Captain America, Spider-Man, and Wolverine would be incredible. Imagine what she could do with adamantium and vibranium. And she keeps to about your power level right now too. She's not mm-hmm. she's not woefully like underpowered compared to who you have. Right. I mean, she can also hold her own if need be, but you know, I'm just thinking about uh, how she can supplement the rest of the team with her technology and then her her brains. If we're if we're working with a five man band, like she, I guess fits the role of chick. But I mean, she's she's kind of technically the smart guy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. She checks all the boxes for me. That's and a really interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a really interesting pick. I think that's uh, that could lead to like some really interesting stories. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you, we've already seen what Spider-Man has done with Iron Man tech, and I would love to see what he could do with that. And she's already made Captain America's, you know, vibranium shield when he was in Wakanda in the movies. I'd love to see what else she can put up, put, you know, do for him. So it would be pretty cool. Uh, so uh, just as an aside, like the. Uh, for the next Black Panther, this the Black Panther sequel. Like they they've decided that they're not recasting Black Panther. It's 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 supposed to be mostly about like Shuri, right? Uh, that's the assumption, but uh, you know, apparently she made some comments on Twitter that people didn't like, and so who knows if that's the direction they're going in. What does that mean? What did she say? I don't even remember. Uh, you know how people are now, so. I'm sure um, she said something that has some ism on the end of it, and you know, it was taken out. Yeah. Oh, is, taken out is, of context. is she being canceled but, for something? I, like, I, 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 that's the vibe I got, but that was months ago. It may have blown over by now. I'm um, sure. I'm sure she I, said something that had, you know, was half taken out of context, and you know, God forbid, like we cut anyone any slack on social media. <laughs> Look, I um, I am very sad about the death of uh, of Black Chadwick. Panther. Yeah, Chadwick in real life, Chadwick Boseman. Um, but on <laughs> this is this is gonna sound really awful. I'm not I'm not making light of it. But if this if Black Panther two was literally just an entire film about Mbaku, <laughs> I would be okay with that because I loved him in the first Black Panther. He was he was maybe like my favorite part of that film. So much so, like he's um, Brad. He's actually a Marvel Legends built a figure. Yeah, I, I've seen. Some I of might actually collect that wave just so I can. I, I can do. I him. just got the. I just finished the Hulk off. Um, I I did. I know you missed out on that, but I got that Winter Soldier to drop for twenty, so I got Crimson Dynamo finished <sighs> off. I'm gonna try and find that that figure for like cheap. But the problem is, I was like, well, I'll just buy the head because I don't necessarily need a Winter Soldier, but the head is almost as much as the figure. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, James, I, me and Brad are like now collecting like Marvel Legends figures, and it's it's a huge rabbit hole. Yeah, I have your Silver Sable sitting hole. here on the table, by I the am. way. For me, yes, I need to I need to pay you for that, and you can yeah, send okay. that over to me. I have a I have I another have one that collecting things. I, I just, don't have even have the space, but I'm doing I'm doing it apparently. I, I, I you know what? It's Marvel Legends is is they mm. they get you because even some of the figures are actually really cool. But even if the figures themselves like in a wave, maybe if not all of them are cool, they 
they'll have like a build a figure that's really fucking cool and it's like oh damn i need to get all the figures <laughs> to get that build a figure you can buy you can buy um the parts for a lot of build a figures by already 80 bucks though yeah that's the thing like it, once you actually factor in sometimes the cost of buying the parts individually it's like well i might as well just buy the damn figure that the part comes in for like most, a lot of these f- figures you can actually get like at cost or sometimes even discounted so it's like oh, i might as well just buy the damn figure yeah so i can get the piece but i don't know like that's how they get you like i have a i just i bought the venom uh the recent like venom wave and they have a venom death pool and it's venom pool it's it's the figure is gigantic this thing is probably it's not i don't even think it's like six inches it's probably more like eight nine inches tall and it's like gigantic I, he can't even like hold himself upright. He's so heavy. Where they got me is they had a Mach one from like the early Thunderbolts issues. It's just like mm-hmm. the depths that they'll like dive to get like a character, and they look cool. Yeah. So am I? I'm is Dame's just picked right? Yeah, he picked Shuri. Yes. So I am up. So I am going to. I have two I want. I'm going to I'm going to risk one going. So I'm going to take the Scarlet Witch to pair up with the Vision um, with my fourth pick. So you kind of got to have the Scarlet Witch with your visions, in my opinion. Because there's so much there other than, you know, some of the, the mistakes they made with that. But I still like their relationship. Um I'm glad she fell to me. I was a little worried when Dave's like Scarlet Witch. I'm like, no. So <laughs> I was really close, man. Really close. Yeah, I'm gonna hand it over to Shad for his fourth and fifth picks. Okay, so I'm doing some shuffling around now, and I am I'm gonna take a risk here because what I'm gonna do is instead of going for yes, my cat has a strong opinion on what I'm doing. Um, instead of going for uh, some big power um, that some some superhero muscle here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go for a little precision, which means the first pick that I'm going to have here is because I don't really have um, a tactician here. I don't really have someone like you know. Ben can can rumble. Sue is Sue is incredibly versatile. Gene is incredibly versatile and powerful. But I need someone who can be a field captain, who can be precise, who can lead a strategy. Which means that I am going to the Inhumans and picking Karnak. <laughs> That's an interesting hmm. pick. Wow. <laughs> I didn't think we were gonna hear the word Inhumans tonight. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I would have thought Black Bolt or Lockjaw or something. I love Lockjaw. Don't get me wrong. I grew up with English Bulldogs. I love Lockjaw. Yeah, because because people listening, Shad and I posted every now and then where there's an issue where Lockjaw gets a, a rock stuck in um, <laughs> his paw and he goes to the watcher and the watcher's like, "I see that you have a rock in your paw, but I am not allowed to intervene." And can I know, do nothing. Of, and I then, know of the lunar the lunar rock in the folds of your skin, yet I must not intervene, for I am the watcher and Lockjaw gives him the most disgusted look. That's hilarious. 
That was their. I think that was the 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 thing comic in the mid two thousands because the thing takes it out and then Lockjaw hangs out with him for like yes. the rest of the series. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that. Which is funny. Uh, I just read an Avengers West Coast where they pulled a one up on someone because Hank Pym shrunk Lockjaw down so that Quicksilver could have him in his pocket, and they've got huh. one over on Magneto because of it. Well. Yeah, I got to pick Karnak because he's like the ultimate tactician and strategist. Um, I, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said that Karnak was the most dangerous of the Inhumans. So he's, this is um, my shot caller. Yeah, he's he's a really cool character because and, – and not every writer actually hypes this up. But he one of his powers is that he can essentially he can observe the weak point or find the weak point in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I was reading through um, I was, I'm reading through like Secret Invasion and they had they had a, a, a mini series, uh, like a four issue mini series where it was Secret Invasion and humans and the scrolls like infiltrate the Inhumans like they they're um, the Inhumans actually have to fight them. But uh that was actually a really cool thing that Karnak was like observing like a super scroll. And he, it, like he, at one point there was a scene where he just like looks at like one of his fellow inhumans. It's like, yeah, you want to hit him in like the elbow. And like, it like works, like takes out the super scroll. It's like, that's something that's like really actually cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that you have a guy who it's like, that's, that's part of his power that he can just decimate a foe based upon just observing something. And he can automatically find like whatever the weak point is. So that could be actually really interesting if you're writing a book. Well, Think about this because I'm getting ready to pick someone that's going to compliment Karnak. Okay, so Ben can Ben can rumble, Karnak can tell Sue, put a force field here, we'll have that happen, or have Gene do something. But let's say that we want to get really precise and we want to hit from odd angles. How do you get really precise? In my martial arts background, I think about really precise. The first thing that comes to mind is a fencer. You want to get odd angles, you got to get in position someone doesn't see coming, which means teleporting. That means Nightcrawler is my follow-up. Interesting. With Karnak. Yeah, that's a good one. You've got a really eclectic team here. I I do. Um, That's that's me in Marvel Comics, is eclectic. Mm. (laughs) So I'm going to take my smart guy with my next pick, because I do not have a smart guy yet, because I... I went with War Machine, so he's actually a former Avenger. I don't think a lot of people realize he was an Avenger, though, because he hasn't been super active with that. But I'm going to take Hank McCoy, the Beast, as uh, my, oh, my smart guy. That's a solid choice. Damn it, Brad, that's twice. <laughs> You're killing he, me. He was an Avenger in the 70s, especially like when X-Men he was. He was an Avenger. People don't actually remember that, I think. We did the joke... Because that, that was a joke that he'd do, like, when they did Giant Size X-Men number one, he did the, well, what are we going to do with 13 X-Men? And when they did, like, the Heroes Reborn, or, no, the Heroes Return, and they had, like, every Avenger ever, they had to finally pick a team. I think he was like, well, what are we going to do with 64 Avengers? <laughs> but I love I love Hank. He's, he's a fun character. Yeah. There's so much you can do with him, like, and I think he interacts well with Vision and, and Wanda, especially. Dang on it. You, you got Kelsey Grammer out from under me there, Brad. That's... 
I knew I was taking a gamble grabbing Karnak and Nightcrawler. I should have sat on them because I, I, I don't took, think anybody would have thought of them. <laughs> I almost took him fourth, but I was worried Wanda would get snatched out from under me. That's fair. That's fair. All right. That means we go back down to Dames. All right. So, once again, I'm trying to compliment my team here. But now this is more about team dynamics. I think this is pretty interesting. So, uh, obviously, I've got a leader in Captain America. I've got uh, a rage machine in Wolverine. Uh, I've got Spider-Man, who can be very versatile. i got Shuri, who's our tech smart person. And uh, we've also got my number five pick, Deadpool. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Because I'm thinking about team dynamics here. And Deadpool, uh, although he's going to annoy the shit out of Wolverine, they're both mutants. People can both mm-hmm. use that. He also kind of annoys the shit out of Spider-Man. But they work well together when they have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would love to see what Deadpool and Captain America looks like. <laughs> just interacting with each other. And what Shuri could do for him. So... I think it would be an interesting dynamic. He brings a, the comedic flair. He brings a, 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 a unpredictability to the team. I think he, may... he also gives you a weird dynamic of Spider-Man who's pretty averse to killing and then um, <laughs> yeah. Wolverine and Deadpool yeah. Yeah. and Shuri that probably have um, fewer qualms about that and Cap who would prefer not to but understands like understands that that's an option that needs to be on the table sometimes as much as he finds that distasteful i think that's an interesting undercurrent of your team too it would be fun it would be fun Mm -hmm. i was just what uh deadpool is my wife's favorite um marvel uh marvel movie and i was watching some outtakes on youtube last night and uh, Ryan Reynolds is perfect for the role, but he drops the. He's sitting on top of the boxes from one in the first movie. He looks down at him and goes, "Guys, my stunt double's getting ready to jack you all kinds of up." And she <laughs> loved that so much. You know who's really underrated from those movies is Colossus. That Colossus really is good, awesome. Yeah, Colossus is good. Really good portrayal Colossus. of Colossus in that. He's so great. <laughs> I love Colossus in that. It's perfect. He's really, it's a really good representation of Colossus. Yeah. Like, it just, it, I, I know it's a comedy movie primarily, but it's just a really good representation of him. He's a perfect straight man, also. Yeah, exactly. It, you remember they're walking to the, they're walking to the jet and he looks at Negasonic and goes, Did you have breakfast? It's most important meal of day. Here's protein bar. Good for bones. Deadpool might try to break them. It's just <laughs> No, he's so great. Those like I, those movies are really brilliant. I, I'm, I'm shocked they made those as good as they did. They could have screwed those up so easily. They could I, have. I didn't like the second one as as well as the first one. I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, because you're you're having to try and have a lot of fun with Deadpool that you haven't already had. Yeah. yeah. Of course. X-Force. Isn't that kind of derivative? You come up with a better name. Do you know how hard this is? They're all copyrighted. 
So are we at Matt for his five and six? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, okay, I know who I'm gonna. I'm gonna my next two picks. Uh, one's gonna be like probably like my powerhouse in terms of like actual like superhero power ability. Uh, the other one is going to actually be my chick who's actually could double as the strong guy or the big guy um, for my quote unquote. Well, I guess Mockingbird like actually fit the chick. So this would be more like my quote unquote big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I liked as with my DC, uh, my DC list, I wanted to get at least another uh, woman on, or female on there to get representation. Um, and she would work as my big guy. I'm not picking the Hulk because I feel like the Hulk is. It's kind of almost like overdone. I'm gonna pick She-Hulk. Damn it! I, she was on my. I wanted her. I wanted her as a reservist on retainer to be the defense lawyer for all the damage my team was gonna cause. <laughs> yeah, I could. Uh, I can use her as. Uh, obviously, she's very intelligent. I could use her in that fashion. She's um, distinctly different from the Hulk. She's like an yes. anti-Hulk in a lot of ways. Yes. Um. She. There was a series that happened in like the the 2000s. Who wrote that? Brad, you would probably. Uh, I think Slot wrote it. You know what? That sounds right. Her, her most infamous series was in the 90s, and that was John Byrne. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think she's just a really fantastic character. So I um. She did bump uglies did... with the Juggernaut at one point, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um. I think she'd be really fantastic. She could play obviously like my one of my heavies, like the the strong, like one of the the, the big guy essentially the strong. She had she's got like the strength for it, but she's also very intelligent, so uh, she could definitely work with my team dynamic. Uh, she's a she very orders. versatile character though, because you can use her like that. She can kind of be a little loose cannony if you want her to be, because she does have the anger problems, but she's also comic reliefy. Um, she's a really versatile, yeah. underrated character. I I really enjoy her. In yeah, a lot of forms. Because yeah, I was she... showing my wife pictures of her classically, and she's just like the way they used to draw. Her, like I don't like the the current take they're kind of trying to go with, making her more hulky. Like I love like the '90s one where she's got like stylish clothes and her <laughs> hair is obviously she's got like she's been to the hairdresser and dropped like 500 bucks so her hair is just like absolutely perfect while she beats the shit out of someone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're actually they're doing a She-Hulk TV show um, with the... uh, Tatiana Maslany who was on Orphan Black. Black. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you guys watched that. I actually thought that I liked that show. I felt the show it ran, I think, for like five seasons. It, I felt it was one of those shows that like peaks and then it went downhill. But see, if I was to do a She-Hulk show, I would just horribly rip off Alec McBeal, except it's She-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a little <laughs> UHF with like the caveman lawyer. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> um. I'm excited for the TV show because I think uh, I think Tatiana Maslany is actually a really good actress. Um, they allegedly are bringing back Abomination for that. Series. Ooh, that's interesting. So so Tim Roth is actually going to come back, which is really funny because it's like he was in Incredible Hulk, which technically I guess was part of Phase One, but it's almost like they never that's should have gotten like, rid of Edward Norton. So, so he he's <laughs> in the trailer for the Shang Chi movie. Allegedly, yeah, he's going to have like a cameo in Shang Chi. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they they like don't even bring up the that Ed Norton uh, Hulk movie probably because Ed Norton is like 
I guess a dick to work with, so they didn't. They can't. Yeah, they but forgot. all all that they all that they are really omitting from that is Bet Bet um, is Ross's daughter, because Ross is in other movies. Yes. And and uh, the way they end things with um, Mr. Blue Samuel Stearns. Yeah. They're supposed to be the leader. And it just mm-hmm. never happened. Yeah. That was disappointing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if She-Hulk is successful and they make, like, another season, they could probably do, like, the leader. I did like um, from Thor Ragnarok where they where um, Bruce is like, well, I'm going to have to fight this wolf, like, but I need to get mad. And they just chuck him and he just, like, crumples on the, the rainbow bridge because mm-hmm. he just, like, plugs down. I laugh at that every time because he's like, thunk, and then he's just dead. <laughs> That's an underrated fight from that, though, as, as Thor versus the giant. I mean, as Hulk versus the giant wolf in the water. Mm. Yeah. And then, uh, then for my other pick, um, actually, I'm actually going with someone who, for my team, would, I guess, outside of Doctor Strange, you can do like a lot of really cool stuff, uh, would probably be the most powered character. Uh, he can do energy manipulation. He has the power of flight. He can do uh, solid light constructs, but I'm going with cosmic superhero Wendell Vaughn, aka Quasar. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, he's a uh, he's an really interesting one. Like, I if if we're turn, if we're discussing like cosmic superheroes in Marvel, I actually probably like uh, Richard Rider, aka Nova, better. Yeah, but I Quasar, I think, would be an interesting pick, and you could do a ton of like. Uh, of cosmic stories with him. I like Photon a little better than him, but they haven't really used Monica Rambo in the comics wall in a long time. No, they haven't. No, they haven't at all. Um, I don't know. Quasar was one of those comics that like, I always, I, I got some random issues when I was a kid. Um, I, you know what? Did you guys have this experience? Like Seven Eleven would have like, sometimes they would have like, two or three packs my uh toys r us and meyer had those a lot around here because um yeah they they packaged those it was like and they randomly had and honestly this is really going back i feel like sears or jc penny or something like that they had like a thing where you could order like a package of, of marvel comics and for like however much money like it was it was like it was discounted so maybe it was like 10 bucks you get like 20 comics well actually back in the day sam's Mm -hmm. club and this was rare but you could get a giant pack from sam's club and like you would get like all the comics from a company for that month like i remember once my parents bought me one and it was like zero hour and every tie-in issue for the whole event was in a pack of sam's club for like 25 bucks or something yeah i'm I'm sad i never picked those up and my friend had one from marvel it was like it was like one month it was like in october or something every comic from the whole line of Marvel for that month. Mm-hmm. He got in a pack for like 20 bucks. They didn't do them often, but like maybe once a year and you just get like, I got, I literally got every issue of zero hour and every tie in issue from the whole line in a pack. Interesting. Um, I would, I got a couple of those like packs and they would have like a random like Quasar issue in that. And I actually found it like really interesting. Toys R Us um, was notorious for this because you could usually see an issue or two, um, mm-hmm. and then the stuff in the middle was 
was a blind buy. I've actually seen those. You occasionally see those at like five and below currently. Mm-hmm. So I have seen them recently. It's usually DC that does them, but I think I got like an old issue of Iron Man in one once. Like, I think I got like, I think Iron Man was like in the 300s and one of them had like issue 250 in it or something weird like that. Hmm. I yeah. used to love, though, going to like the grocery store and like the spinner rack with all the comics. Oh my on God, it. yeah. So you could just stand there and browse while. Yeah. Mom took too long grocery shopping. Or they're waiting to check out, and you're looking at Gru because Gru was cartoony and awesome. Yeah. I, I would get bored with my mom going to the grocery store, so I would just like go to like the the magazine slash comic section and just. Well, at a certain point, like when I became got into wrestling, I would just start. I would just like park myself there and start reading through like. Oh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated yeah, <laughs> or yeah. the Aftermags. You go, um, I go straight to if I was doing an Aftermag, straight to like the rankings every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool. Uh, but yeah, I Quasar is I think a really interesting character. I think it would fit well with my team. That I've talked before to you guys that I kind I'm not I don't really have the space or funds to do like hardcore actual like physical comic collecting but i kind of to the extent that i want to get back into it i kind of want to collect uh issues of like smaller series that you know not like amazing spider-man that has literally has like hundreds of issues i'd rather start collecting some stuff that it's finite i can get it for like there's maybe they only do like a few dozen issues mm-hmm. um quasar it's, would actually probably be a good pick it's sadly obscene what things cost now Especially if it gets bricked. If it gets bricked, you just forget it. It's it's absurd. Mm. I feel like Quasar would be something I could find like in the dollar bins. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Or at least something. a lot of at least a lot of issues. You like that. Maybe could. not everything. But there's some Matt, stuff. You, you remember? I'm sorry, God. I was gonna say there's some stuff though. I see that it has like a hefty price tag on. It. I'm like, that's not worth worth what they're asking. Like I saw, like if you like if I bricked my copy of giant size x-men number one that's in good shape even if it's in mediocre shape i could get like eight grand out of it and i paid 150 bucks for it in like 2001 mm. it's just obscene like i didn't even think my first appearance of the punisher is worth a lot if i bricked it what were you gonna say dames uh well i was just gonna say um matt the last time you were here didn't i show you my comic collection uh, you know, I think you did, but I don't think you showed me like individual issues or stuff that you had. Okay. Uh, well, guys, obviously. You uh, may have. I just have like a shitty memory now, but. Yeah. Well, I've got like when you walk into my house, um, you know, stairs are in front of you. Go upstairs, or you know, the downstairs is a little office right to the right as you walk in, and I've got these bookshelves. I've got three bookshelves, and they are completely full. Of Marvel Omnibus, I've got about 150 of them. Now and, that I uh, have seen, you you have gotten like a ton of stuff. Yeah, and I I think I've got like 70% of that is still sealed in plastic because I just don't have the time <laughs> anymore to read them. But what yeah. that means is that now they're really fucking valuable. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have like tripled in price. Can, yeah. Yeah. So 
Um, a lot of the stories that you guys were talking about earlier, like the earlier Doctor Strange, I've got all that stuff. It's just like, man, do I really want to open this right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's um What's your most cherished, well, and probably valuable single issue? Because mine is giant size X-Men number one. A single issue? I really don't have a lot. Um, I got I got some image stuff. Um, single issues? I, I can't. I nothing nothing's valuable. Everything that I have is like relatively new. That's you know retail price. Uh, see, w- all, all all the old stuff I have is is is, is a hardcover book. Uh, see, when uh, when the, when it all crashed in like the. The early 2000s is like the first time I was working full time. And like, so I was buying like people trying to get out collections on eBay and stuff. So I have like all these old X-Men stuff. And I think I had like X-Men from like 82 to like 2008 of that. The original Uncanny run. I had that uninterrupted. I had, it's in really bad shape, but I have Wolverine's first appearance. Which I think even in its shape is worth something i have punisher's oh. first appearance i have morbius's first appearance and then like anyone that's not the original x-men i have their first appearance i think the oldest uncanny issue i have is number five and i have like juggernauts oh. the second part of juggernauts first appearance i have and i think i have number 11 yeah, I've got I've got a it's not in good shape, but I've got a first appearance of Wolverine squirreled away. Yeah, mine's beaten mine's beaten to hell. It's like a reader copy yeah. essentially, but I have it. Yeah, same here. So, I think we're on to Dames's pick. Yep. yep. All right. So, uh I've kind of written out my next few picks now that I kind of know where everybody's coming at. And we'll see if they get taken up, but um I was going to make this person my number seven pick, but I'm kind of unsure about my number six pick now, so I'm going to give you this pick first. Um, number seven, I'm going to go a little cosmic here, just because my team, if uh, if they ended up with some cosmic threat, they'd be in a little bit, little bit of trouble. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with Silver Surfer. Oh, that's a great pick. Oh, wow. That's a fantastic pick. Yeah, I, I was always a big fan of his, and um, you know, obviously with the the way the movie treated him wasn't that great. He, Lawrence Fishburne was awesome as as Silver Surfer, though. But you know, to the mainstream, he's not he's not really too well known. But I've always loved that character, and he did have that very random powerful. cartoon in like '98 or something. Yeah, I, th- I think it's on Disney Plus. It is. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it. I've been watching. Time the old Marvel ones. I just watched the spider woman cartoon from like 79 and she oh, straight man. up fights Wookiees in one episode. <laughs> wow. Like bandoliers and everything. I sent, I sent Matt and Shad a, a picture yeah, of it. It's, 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 it's Wookiees Wookiees. With, the, yeah. with the serial numbers fired off, filed off. Yeah. And I'm watching <laughs> amazing. I'm watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends right now, which is actually a really good series uh, for its time. That's cool. All right, uh, and so I think it's uh, your pick. Yeah, so I, I, this one's a tough one. I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep my kind of ensemble cast together and go with people to interact well together. So, 
you know, Beast and Scarlet Witch and Vision all need a friend, so I am going to take Simon Williams, Wonder Man. Wonder Man. And he may or may not die like six times in this, but we'll see. <laughs> I've been reading Avengers West Coast, so like a lot of those characters are heavy on my mind right now. So, Shad, you're up for... I am. Six and seven. And now... Okay. I, I need a tech guy. We're, we're going through all of this... And everything that's going on, I don't have anybody that handles tech. Um, and I don't want Reed Richards. Um, and I feel like taking Tony Stark would kind of be cheating. Which means that I'm going to do something a little bit odd. And when it comes to tech, I'm going to reach into the depths of the X-Men and I'm going to grab Forge. That's a good pick. I like Forge. Oh, man. I didn't even contemplate him. Um, and now I'm at this crossroads. Because it's like, okay, I've got, I've got, a, this team is, you know what? I'm not at a crossroads. I'm looking at it and I've got, you know, some folks that can work well together and, you know, because uh, the Fantastic Four knew the Inhumans. I've got three X-Men here together. I need an odd man out. I need a fish out of water who's also going to end up being there, going to just be some some absolute, like, shake the heavens muscle for this. Because Ben's great, Sue's versatile, Gene's versatile, but I don't have, I don't have someone who's, you know, going to... Just, you know, shake the world and that source, which means that for my last regular roster pick. No, it's not Thor. It's some may argue Thor's superior. It's Beta Ray Bill. Yes. Great. Damn it. (laughs) You took my. Oh, you got me. You got me. I think I I wanted Beta Ray Bill. If I did a cosmic team, he was going to be one of my first picks. But I knew Shad wanted him. So I was. I, was, I appreciate that. I was gonna pick him as my as one of my reserves, actually. I thought about having him as a reserve, and then I I got to thinking about team dynamics. I'm like, okay, Ben and Sue know Karnak, Gene and Forge and Nightcrawler know each other. I need, and I was, and I'll go ahead and tell you because I'm not gonna pick him now. But I was like, I could pick Black Bolt. That would be a really good heavy hitter. And but then I was like, no, because then everybody's already knows each other. And and you just have like Fantastic Four and Humans and X Men is like the buddy buddy. I, I need I need someone who doesn't fit so that we can have weird goofy interactions and that sort of stuff. And so it's, uh, it's Bill, it's Beta Ray Bill. That's a good pick. If you can't get Thor, he's he's superior to Thunderstrike in every way. <laughs> so I I'm gonna actually go obscure for my my final main roster person since i can't have spider-man i don't necessarily want any of my the modern ideas of spider-man just because i'm old school like that so i am going to actually take the julie carpenter spider-woman and if you don't know what she looks like she has more of like the symbiote style costume she was in the iron man cartoon in the 90s too that was the version of spider-woman they used 
but she's more of like an Avengers West Coast uh, Force Works character. I don't think they really use her much now. Yeah, I'm gonna look her up. You'll know I... her look when you see her. Okay. Sorry, dames. Uh, mean the hamstring on the. Okay, okay. I, I, I've I've seen this one before. Yeah, she it's was not a... who I immediately think of, but I've seen this one. You before. think of the red and yellow Jessica Drew? Yes. That's who you're thinking of. Yeah, she's yeah. the more, the more known classic yeah. one. Julie right. Carpenter was more of an '80s character that yeah. was used in the early '90s. Um, she has more of a standard Spider-Man setup though than Jessica Drew. She's more of a gotcha. s- got a, yeah. So Dames, more of an analog. Yeah. yeah. So Dames, you are up. All right. So number seven for me, my last pick. On my standard squad, I was thinking, all right, so I got Silver Surfer. He's really the only one in my team who can fly. I mean, obviously, Spider-Man can get pretty high uh, with his webs, but he, he can't fly. So I really got one person who can fly. And if we got multiple threads, I need another man in the air. I need somebody who's also going to be able to get along with the rest of my team. And I think interesting team dynamic. And his power would be very helpful in certain situations. Human Torch. We have to ask, because you said Human Torch. You're going Johnny Storm and not Jim Hammond, right? Yes, yes, correct. Okay. Mm. That's what I thought. I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask. Because if yeah. I was to take the Human he, he, Torch, he, he, I'd he, take he, the Jim Hammond to be weird. Yeah. Another, <laughs> a, a, like, eclectic pick, but another pick that would you'd have a lot of interesting dynamics between him and Spider-Man. Yep. They've yeah. known each other for sure. years. Yes. Um, you know, him and, uh, him and Deadpool would be interesting. <laughs> um, cause I think Deadpool would, would, Deadpool would probably call him Chris Evans. And, I just, I know that he's already used to working as part of a team and he's got, a unique ability that, that the rest of the team doesn't have. So I think it would be interesting. It would be a good pick. I think that's a good pick, too. Yeah. Uh, I remember Human Torch uh, in the, the GameCube Spider-Man game, whatever that generation's game was. I don't remember. But Human Torch showed up and had these race, these challenge races that you could do. I think it was just Spider-Man, too. He did those <laughs> God, they were annoying. <laughs> All right. So, Matt, I think that drops... We're Seven and eight for this. Matt. Yep. He gets his last yeah. roster and his first reservist. Right. So I got my last uh, official roster one and then one of my two reservists. So uh, my, my last roster pick, uh, I'm going to go with another guy who is pretty much for power. Um, he could also fit into the, the big guy role, even though I, I picked She-Hulk. But a guy who has been part of the Avengers uh, historically, but I think did they did a really interesting job where for uh, for a brief run in the last like uh, ten to fifteen years, like they had him essentially replace Hulk, uh, Hercules. Yes, Hercules. that's a great pick. Yes, um, he's uh, he's actually like 
when he's written the right way is a ton of fun because he's he's he kind of fills that like boisterous bruiser type of role him yeah going back because it's one of my favorite issues is when they're all playing poker at thing's apartment and he beats constrictor <laughs> in a in a hand and he's just like it's just the seat of him be like ha 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 like all mightily and constrictor just looks so dejected i i love that scene yeah uh he could be a really really fun character uh mm-hmm. depending upon how he's written uh, but obviously he's like, tremendously powerful um supposed to be one of the uh the olympic gods um superhuman strength superhuman durability uh really like he's almost like hulk level in terms of like yeah. his, his abilities so he's he's in this avengers team that i've created i think he's almost kind of like as he did in the comics for a time he's almost he's essentially like a stand-in for hulk even though I kind of have a, a Hulk and She-Hulk on my team, but um, I would I kind of think he'd be like a really fun um, part of this team dynamic. So yeah, I think I'm so gonna too. have him, I'm gonna have him be part of my team. And then uh, as we're like with my DC uh, team, I went my two reservists. Uh, I'll get to the second one a little bit later, but my reservists are kind of like a little bit wacky and like uh, off the wall, or maybe not off the wall, but that not characters that are necessarily mainstream uh the first one i'm actually going to pick is x51 the machine man oh i knew you were going to take him we mentioned i mentioned him not that long ago like with like the last couple episodes i think i mentioned i knew i knew you're going to pick him because we're you're just talking about how you have his run from um was it jack his original run did it yes yeah okay Mm -hmm. his original run yeah Yeah. i thought you were going to take him he's such an interesting wacky character uh the first the first that first series was was really cool because like he had just been essentially had just been created and he was kind of trying to find his place in the world, and then for the longest time in comics recently, uh, they've basically almost had him be like a I I almost want to call it like the trope is like a deadpan snarker he's he's kind of presented more as like a sarcastic type of character where he's constantly like essentially like shit talking humans or it's like ah you like like puny humans like made of flesh and etc he's like almost like dogging them but he does all these heroic things and he actually you know tries his best to actually be a human um he's just just he's just like kind of like a if he was in terms of like internet uh social media uh, personalities. He's basically like a shit poster now. He's just like, <laughs> like, just like to run his mouth. But um, he's been a part of Shield. Like he's done a lot of really ho- heroic things. I don't know if you guys read uh, the Warren Ellis <clears throat> Next Wave series. That's uh, since that was like in the mid two thousands, uh, the mid aughts. Ever since then, that's basically been, like, his personality. They had him, Warren Ellis basically wrote him as, like, this really sarcastic, funny character. And that's kind of been how he's been since then. Um, but I think he's, like, a really, really cool character. He has an interesting, like, power set. He's obviously, he's he's uh, an android, but he has superhuman strength or ability. He, he's almost like uh, Mr. Fantastic in the sense that he his arms and legs yeah. can extend. Um and he's got some other powers too, so he he would be really a fun um, reservist because you could bring him in to actually be a, actually kind of like a heavy, um, but he would have some really interesting dynamics where he could play off uh, Black Panther as the more serious character. He could play off uh, Hawkeye, 
uh, he would just be like a lot of fun. So. So we're up for Dames. Yeah, goes back to Dames. Reservist. Mm-hmm. All right. So from my first reservist, I'm thinking, who can I? Who who could sub for a good number of guys on my team? So I'm thinking, if I need leadership. If I have to remove Captain America, I, I need somebody who can potentially steer the ship. If I need somebody with acrobatics that Spider-Man has, I need somebody who can do that. I need If I need somebody who can uh, basically cut some people down with swords ninja style like Deadpool would. So I'm thinking Daredevil would be a cool person to sub in and out of my team. I thought, wow, that's I a great was, pick. I thought you were going to take him because... You'd want to finish off that like Spider-Man, Daredevil, Human Torch like trifecta of um, personalities. Yeah. Just the uh, I, I would love to see Matt Murdock defending Deadpool in court. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I mean, I would pay to read some issues of your series where it's just Deadpool and Daredevil having to team up together that would be great <laughs> just the i mean deadpool actually deadpool with any of your characters would be like fantastic to read yeah. like deadpool and silver surfer <laughs> that would yeah. be like that would be the most amazing buddy cop uh <laughs> series i would ever read well, he, he did stuff with wolverine when like cyclops kind of started using x-forces as like covert ops like murder squad and it was Wolverine, Deadpool, like Phantom X, Warpath, um, Wolfsbane, and X-23 running around. Cool. So, All I, right. so my first reservist, um, I think I'm going to take someone that would probably work well in this. He could fill in for a lot of people. He could be leader. He could be the big guy. He could even be the Lancer. I'm going to take Luke Cage as my Ooh, first reservist. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> I don't remember. What was the, the the actor's name that played Luke Cage in the Netflix series? Uh, Mike Colton. I really liked his... Um, I really liked how he handled Luke Cage in that series. Because yeah, he, he was a very... Um, so phrase I'm looking for here, very considered, very deliberate kind of character. And I, I, I really enjoyed that, uh, that approach for that character. They kind of figured him out. Bendis actually kind of figured him out in the alias series. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where they started rehabbing him was, um, him doing, uh, Jessica Jones up the butt. In, um, like the first or second <laughs> issue of that alias comic. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. I've got I've got that one sealed as well for sale. <laughs> that, that that is legitimately what happens. That he joins the New Avengers and they really they really find like his voice in the 2000s and I I've really enjoyed his character ever since. So Shad, you're up for your last two picks. Your two reserves. yes, my last two picks. So the first one I'm going to do is looking at my team. I've got some cool dynamics going. I got some some science. I don't have magic at all. And I'm going to admit, this is one I had to uh, go to go to a friend of mine for. You know, 
I told him what I was looking for. And I said, I didn't expect for any of the notable magic characters to, to get to my, uh, you know, to make it to me. You know, Doctor Strange and, and Scarlet Witch and that sort of stuff obviously didn't. He said, well, I got one for you. I, this is someone who connected to Doctor Strange, yet turns out to be his superior, but has a connection to him. The Sorceress Supreme of the Dark Dimension, Clea. Oh, yeah, that's his love interest in the 70s. Yep. Um, she starts out and Dorm- she helps him against Dormammu and his like Dormammu's first appearance. And then she kind of hangs around for a long time. I actually, if you, if you want another great one, I don't think any of us are going to pick him, but he's also another great magical character is brother voodoo. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm going to roll with Clea. My She's friend recommended her. And, uh, I'm just going to stick with that. Cause I had to go look, I was, he said Clea and I was like, is that an acronym or what you got to, he, he just sent me the link. He's like, read this. No, like, she was, Oh, okay. <laughs> she was his love interest for a lot of the seventies. I just actually read a lot of his stuff. So I I've been, I've had a lot of interaction with her character lately. You, you, you've been, you've been, you've been wading those waters. Um, well, Dr. Strange in like the sixties and seventies, if, if magic isn't your thing, like just, the art in those books is just crazy good. Like they swear to God, the people drawing it what weren't on drugs. And I don't believe them. <laughs> it, it, that was, uh, whenever I watched the Dr. Strange movie, my friend's like, what'd you think? I was like, that was, uh, pretty trippy. He goes, I know it was, wasn't it? They, they, the, I thought the movie was great. I thought it was really true to the comics. Uh, I thought the movie was good. It, I did not know what to expect exactly going in. Um, so, but I still, I still enjoyed it. Uh, so, uh, my last pick is going to be, um, well, I've got this team and I'm not allowed. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of joked at the beginning about, or we all talked about not taking Captain America you know, sometimes, in at least in Marvel more than DC, you need you need someone who's not afraid to just gack somebody and take them out of the way. I don't exactly have someone who's built for that on my team. Plus, um, you know, if you can't have Cap, have the next best best thing. So I'm taking Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, as my other reservist. That's a good pick. Nice. I know I kind of broke my rule about not taking uh, heavily movied or heavily featured in the movies one, but it's a reservist. I think I'm okay with that. I mean, your choices is like a follow-up to Cap is either you're going to take Sam Wilson, who's not going to give you that, Bucky Will, U.S. Agent, eh, probably won't, and then you have Nomad. (laughs) And Nomad... And Nomad definitely wouldn't. Yeah... So I mean I out of out of those picks I would take Winter if if for that I would take Winter Soldier. Yeah. As much as I love I, US Agent and Falcon, I, I would take Winter Soldier it, in that. It's I, it's weird that I even know about Nomad, but it was one of those those comic packs I got that was it had like the introduction of Nomad in it. He had a trading card in one of the sets in the early nineties. So it was a uh here I am, I'm I'm um uh, you know, here I was um, 
you know, thinking, who am I going to have? And I'm like, you know, uh, sometimes you need somebody who's just going to put, you know, uh, a full metal jacket round through someone's chest. And it's, that's, that's Bucky. So that there's my team. It is constructed. So my final reservist, um, I feel like because I take, I took Luke Cage, I've got to take him. I'm going to take Danny Rand Iron Fist for my Ooh. second. Reservist. Yeah. What yeah. a great pick. Yeah. Uh, the Ed Brubaker run on it, it. I think it's called Immortal Iron Fist is really great. Yeah. And, um, you need to do a reading guide because there's a bunch of one shots, but that's actually probably the my favorite comic I've read in like the last ten years. That's a Marvel book. Really? Yeah. Because I just recently read that run about a year ago, and I thought it was Ed Brubaker's worst work. Really? You didn't like it? Really? Interesting. You no, know, I, 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 I love Ed Brubaker, and I seek out all this stuff. And I just, I, maybe I just don't like the character of Iron Fist. I don't know what it is. But I just I found it very disappointing, and I paid well over a hundred dollars for that book too. <laughs> oh, see, I read it on the Marvel Unlimited app. No, oh, no, I I I I actually overpaid for it. <laughs> see, I see. Well, I read it because I I read through like Daredevil from like the Kevin Smith run through like the Mark Wade stuff. But anytime I came across like a side <laughs> character, I would read their side like their side stuff. So I read like the White Tiger. Um, mini series by Tamora Pierce, and then I, I I veered off and read like Iron Fist and a couple other things before getting into Shadowland and all that stuff. But yeah, I I read a bunch of like street level stuff at the time. The the White Tiger series by Tamora Pierce is really good. I think that's I like... also read all the stuff from starting from Daredevil from Brubaker uh, Bendis all through Wade. And then I read Shadowland, and uh, I fell off recently. I thought the Brubaker stuff was better than the Bendis stuff in general. Yeah, the stuff in prison, that was fantastic. I thought the Mackie stuff was underrated. People really shit on that, and I thought he set up some good stuff. All right, so is it my turn for Last Reserve? It is your turn. All right, so now I'm going to go obscure, but once again, I'm thinking about who's who's versatile and who can work well with my team, and uh, you guys know the character of Reptile? <laughs> yes. From the new uh, in- Avengers, the new initiative? Well, he's had he's been in different forms, but basically he has the ability to turn into multiple different dinosaurs oh i'm thinking of a different character i know i actually know who you're talking about holy crap i i do remember this character yeah so he can turn into a pterodactyl and fly around he can turn into a t-rex he can turn into a raptor he can turn into a you know any any prehistoric uh dinosaur that you can think of and it's actually pretty versatile uh, the way it's used so wasn't he in wasn't he in Avengers Academy? He's I'm in one sure. of those, I think. I think so. I that's he was in I Avengers, rented a yeah, long he was in Avengers Academy. You know you know I'm mad though, I just looked it up because I was curious. I'm mad I didn't remember Throg existed. Oh yeah. They just don't, don't, don't spoil anything. Okay. <clears throat> I, I just had an idea for a great panel. Whenever Reptil gets called in. 
He walks in, and there's just this panel where Deadpool leans in next to him and goes, Life finds a way. (laughs) (laughs) Shad, you did that wrong. I know I did. I know it. Life, life, uh, 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 finds a way. (laughs) (laughs) That that sounded less like Jurassic Park and more like a porn knockoff starring a (laughs) Jeff Goldblum impersonator. (laughs) Welcome to Jurassic Pork. There it is. If I was to go super obscure, and I'm being legitimate here, I would take... um, Rock slide from New X Men. If I was to go super obscure, because I just love his dumbassery. Wow, I've cut as as obscure as I can on this. Oh, I mean, I've I went gone. obscure when I was teasing Shad, saying he was gonna take Devil Dinosaur. So I, I went That's obscure true. with that. <laughs> In uh, I've got some friends that we we play mutants and masterminds together periodically, and. I have Hero Forge for it, and one of the things I had made was actually a lot like Reptile. It was a, uh, I, I what I called him Supersaurus Rex, and he's a, uh, you, you know, your your hard boiled detective that shapeshifts into this mishmash of dinosaurs, but then he can vary his size. So he's like a Velociraptor from Jurassic Park up to like a a kaiju size, depending on the situation. So Reptile, I stumbled across while I was stewing on the idea. Okay, so we're at Matt's final pick, and he was going to take a weird one, I think. Uh, Not actually that weird. Uh, Before the show actually officially started, we were talking about his upcoming movie. It's a character that I actually really love. Um, I have several of the issues. I need to actually check and see how many of the physical issues that I have, because I don't have the entire run, but I, that's another one of those, uh, like seventies comics that I could probably get the entire run pretty cheap, but unless there's uh, like a first appearance in there. Yeah. You're probably fine. Yeah. Shang Chi, the master of Kung Fu, um, more, uh, more of a, I guess, street level character. Mm -hmm. Um, he was in Marvel Knights. I consider, I consider if you're in like that Marvel Knights book, from like the early 2000s you're like the epitome of a street level character yeah but uh awesome character uh incredible uh, hand-to-hand combatant also has the power of chi uh and it, it, with my team like he could fit it, he could kind of work as like a i know we talked about with with my dc team like batman running like a black ops type of team mm-hmm. um if Black, if Black Panther wanted to run like a Black Ops team, like Shang Chi could do that. He's not exactly like uh, anti-hero Shades of Grey, where he'd just be going and like assassinating people. But if like Black Panther was like, I need good, going to Shang Chi, it's like, look, I need you to like infiltrate this place and and you know tear shit up. Like that's something that Shang Chi could do. Like Shang Chi, I think is like a really underutilized character. Like he's. I think really interesting. I think he's really exciting. Um, I'm excited for the upcoming movie. Uh, Dames, I think thinks it's going to flop. I hope that's not the case. I think it's going to flop too. I think I, think I don't want it to. I, I want it to be like a success. Cause I, I, I love, I love, I, I love wushu films. If this is basically just an American wushu film, I'll be completely happy. I think, I think it can, I think it might survive if it does that. But I think I think it has a better chance of succeeding than Eternals does, though. I think Eternals is just dead. Mm-hmm. But I've seen well, like stuff for Eternals, and it just doesn't look interesting. I think that one's going to be a hard sell. 
Yeah, before before we go down the rabbit hole of Eternals and and why we think it's gonna suck, but the the thing about the Shang Chi movie, the only thing that I am mm-hmm. really interested in is what are they doing with the Mandarin and the Legend of the Ten Rings because that that was such a sticking point to me in Iron Man three. Yes, I am that guy that got pissed off mm-hmm. with the reveal of the Mandarin. They went out of their way to do a one shot. To correct that and now say the Mandarin, the real Mandarin is still out there. But a majority of people never saw that one shot. So what are you going to do to explain this away? <sighs> Plus, The Legend of the Ten Rings, that should have tied in way... I, I, I'm so disappointed in Iron Man 3 because if had they done the Mandarin right with the Ten Rings, which were supposed to be shards of the Infinity Stones, almost mm. acting like a preview of what Thanos can do. Now this is going to be some other bullshit. Well, they got him so, more right yeah. in Iron Man 1 with that, like, brief teaser where that guy kind of starts going on that Mandarin-esque grant. Like, they got him more right in that, like, five seconds than they did in 3. Yeah, and the thing is, like, the the, the flag behind him had the Ten Rings, and this is, you know, it's still talking about the Ten Rings organization. That's Those are the ones that kidnapped him, so... Man, I still think Iron Man 3 is the biggest miss in the entire MCU. Worse than Dark World. I don't... I don't know if you're going to get that with this film. Um, they hired Tony, uh, Tony Ling, Chinese actor, Tony, Tony Ling, who is actually a fantastic actor and actually like a really big actor in, in Chinese cinema. He was in, uh, John Woo's heart boiled. I think he was in, I think he was, I think he might've been in, in infernal affairs, uh, which was, Yes, he was. He was in Infernal Affairs, which was the basis for uh, Martin Scorsese's The Departed. Like Martin Scorsese, people who don't know, like The Departed is literally just like a remake. I mean, Martin Scorsese changed some things about it, but it's essentially just a remake of of the film Infernal Affairs, which is a a Chinese film. Uh, He was in, I think he was in, he was in uh, this film called 2046, which is like it's kind of like a sci-fi film but it's more dramatic like he's a fantastic actor i i i don't know who i would compare him to in terms of like american but he's he's like a serious actor it's almost like you comparing him to like jack nicholson or something like that like he's he's like a real deal legit actor um but i don't know i mean he's playing the mandarin i don't the Mandarin is such like an iconic villain in Iron Man and the Iron Man mythos and in Marvel mm-hmm. comics in general. But I don't know that they're going to have him. I don't know if they're going to do that character like that well in this film. And I say that with, again, I want the film to succeed. I'm excited about the film. Um, just from the previews, like that the quote unquote 10 rings, it looks like they're like these weird like armbands that he wears. And it's like, I, I don't know if that's where you're going with this. I don't want I don't, I don't, I'm going to be a disappointed if that's what they do, but I don't know. I, I'm, if the, again, if the film is basically becomes like a, uh, a, a um, American wushu film with some elements of, uh, I guess, supernatural or magic or something, I'll still accept that. Like, I think that's fine, but I don't know if you're really good. If you're looking at like I want them to do Mandarin right, I don't. I don't know if that's what they're gonna do. I don't think they will. But <clears throat> I also think though, I think what Shang Chi and the Eternals are gonna struggle with is, 
I'm kind of wondering if fatigue's going to be setting in because it seems like the response to Black Widow was a little fatigued. Hmm. And I think um I think it's a very precarious spot to be a movie right now because of COVID and theaters and all that stuff. Things are so weird. Um games well, I, I think I think if you take COVID out of it, people broke the habit of going to the theater and I think they have to figure out how to get people to redevelop that habit. Um I should let me actually look up on Box Office Mojo. Like a Black Widow hasn't done like terribly. Like people People have gone to see it. It's just like ha- I did think they, they said it's underperformed s- versus what like its contemporary stuff to what they thought it should do <laughs> is I think what the issue's been. Yes, looking it up, it's done uh, roughly 168 million domestic and then about 176 million international. It has rounding up 345 million worldwide, which is good it actually is really good but that probably you probably could have bumped that up like another couple hundred million it could have probably if, this, if it if was, this was a, like pre pre-covid it'd probably be about 600 million like total gross is yeah standalone. yeah that's that that sounds about right like it'd probably be like up there like that like it would not, do at least as good as i think captain marvel did and i think that did what like 600 ish yeah i mean not not there was a time when almost every Marvel movie was doing like a billion. I don't know if it would be that. Cause I think this is kind of like, uh, no offense, like a, almost more like a B level film versus some of their more tentpole films. But yeah, I agree um, with that. Damien was talking to us before the show about that. I, I, I would probably agree with him. His, his take was that this movie should have come out like three years ago. And that feels about right. I mean, honestly, like obviously things got delayed with COVID, but they shouldn't have done a movie with her though after they killed her. Well, that's I think what that's I mean. what that's what Dames yeah. means. I think like it, they probably should have done this it, before it, that. It takes place right after Civil War, and watching it in right after Civil War makes no difference in what they're trying to say and what they're trying to show you. The only difference is the way you interpret the end credit scene differently. And I don't want to spoil it for you because you haven't seen it, but but essentially. Um, if you watch that end credit scene before you watch the events of Endgame, you have a different mentality going into it. Well, I think I think her, her character was the hottest coming out of Civil War, like as far as like pop culture status. Mm, I, I I'm not sure if it was. I think her peak probably was Infinity War. I just think, too, like you said, though, it's kind of hard. It's hard to tell, go back and add to a story that's already been told. I think I think that's yeah. what some of the, like, the problems Solo had, other than The Last Jedi not being well-received, is people don't necessarily want, like, more Han Solo when his story's done. That's, um... The, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go uh, a little off base off topic with this but that's part of why um, in the wheel of time series the author released the prequel about halfway through the book series uh, because the series is still going on but you don't want to go read the prequel after you've read the end because you know it, it will have no consequences there's nothing that will tie back to it or anything like that it's just oh here i'm throwing you a bone for something else 
Um, and yeah, it, it it should have happened earlier. You're absolutely right. We'll see. Maybe we'll be surprised, and Shang Chi will do well. If I didn't, I, I don't know if I made this recommendation on the last one, but if you guys want a fun comic book uh, martial arts movie, um, I'm going to recommend hunting up uh, Batman Soul of the Dragon. That is, that it, it, it's like 70s, uh, 70s kung fu flick style thing uh, with Batman in it, and it is... It is a lot of. It was a lot of fun for me to watch. It might just be that it's right up my alley, but uh, also put that up there. It came up in our chat because Matt just texted it, but I am so the sarcasm on my face probably isn't clear, but I'm so startled that Snake Eyes tanked. <laughs> I'm sad about that because I'm such a GI Joe like nerd. I, I just had no I, faith Hollywood could get a GI Joe movie right. Well, it looks like they didn't. Um, it's barely made 29 million, and that's worldwide. And worldwide, worldwide. And I'm sad about that because, like, I actually like G. I like GI Joe uh, was like my favorite toy growing up, and I love the cartoon. And the comic book's good. I mean, we we did a whole GI Joe episode. Like, I love GI Joe, but they, they, it hasn't done well. Um, so I don't think that's. I don't think anything's happening there. I just, I just don't think they're ever gonna get it right. I just there's just something about G.I. Joe because they they just don't they always go in a direction I don't think works for G.I. Joe. Uh, I think you can do it right, but I, I don't I just I don't, don't think know. they're capable. I think you could do it right, but you just have to. I think like if you made if you did something like The Expendables would be an excellent G.I. Joe movie. You got to bring in. Sergeant yeah. Slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they don't want to. They they have this problem. They don't want to make like. It has to be this like. I think it would have to be this like unapologetically like testosterone fueled like action movie. And Hollywood really doesn't like doing that now. Not since the Expendables. No, because they always they always want to like. They always try and do this like sappy stuff with it or they they try to appeal to everyone and you just have to go i think you just have to go with like a pure action flick with it Mm -hmm. i i just looked it up by the way like the budget for shang chi is one 150 million oh well that's that's Um, not insurmountable because they need to make about 300 it's not insurmountable but that is a lot and the the average the advertising budget is also probably a lot more than that. And they always say that I don't yeah. know how they calculate this, but they always say that in Hollywood, if you want, if you actually want to make money, you have to do at least double the budget. Yeah. And I don't, so it would have I, to make at least 300 million plus. I don't know what they actually. do anymore though, because when you see the budget of some of these movies they make, you're like, you guys are like when you saw, I think that like 2016 ghostbusters, I saw the budget for that, and I was like, you guys are insane. Like, you're taking a big risk there to begin with, but you spent so much money on this. Even if it does okay, like, you're never going to make that back. Because I think they spent, like, almost, like, $200 million, didn't they? Well, Shang-Chi could also, you know, kill it in China. <laughs> you know, but I feel like every time people depend on China to, like, save a movie, it never happens. I mean, 
it's Marvel. Yeah, and Marvel does well over there. I was going to say that Disney outside of Marvel has a really bad track record in China, though. Star Wars especially doesn't do well over there. But Star Wars didn't have the... the uh, They didn't grow up... In, in China, I would assume that they didn't grow up with the original trilogy. You know, in real time, like, it wasn't as beloved as it was here. No, I but... Like I, Marvel... you ha- yeah, and I agree with that, and I think... I think if you're a sci-fi fan, Star Wars is not necessarily a great Star Wars film if you don't have that nostalgia for the originals. Like I think I think a lot of us forgive a lot of the badness of the prequels and the sequel trilogy because we love the original crew so much. So this is I find this fascinating. And very strange. So I, I I am a little ashamed to admit <laughs> that I do watch quite a few TikToks. I, I end up kind of going <laughs> down a rabbit hole, right? And for some reason, uh, I get I get a bunch of these, and uh, it seems like the generation after us really fucking loves these prequels, man. And especially Revenge of the Sith to them. That's their big Star Wars movie. And there's like so many skits I've seen around the Anakin and, and Obi-Wan battle. Like that's iconic to them. It's so crazy to me. I have But, I, but Anakin, I, I have the high ground. I, I yeah. it makes me want to break out my walker when I Okay. I volunteer with the youth group at my church. I had one of the kids there say to me, Empire's the worst. It's the most boring one. And one of the one of the other counselors grabs me. He's like, "Don't kill him. He's just a kid. Don't kill him. He's just a kid." And I was just like, "Sit down. You're wrong, and I'm going to explain this to you." <laughs> Text your parents. You're going to be late. Um, I don't like it... sand. Oh. Oh, <laughs> that is such a good meme. Oh, I love that. The, the one that pissed me oh. off though, and I sent it to you, and you both got mad at me, was the word one, like. If I move this table, will I fuck up the document and then the meme like gets all fucked up and it triggers <laughs> so many people that work with Word? Yes. The, the, the recent one that's become like a uh, almost ubiquitous on the internet is the the Anakin pad meme. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a yeah. great format. That, that yeah. Yes. Yes, it certainly is. Okay. Did you see the one with with Hulk Hogan and the Outsiders? Yeah. Yes. No. Yes. I have. I know. I, I haven't seen that one. Actually. I think we posted oh. it in our group chat at one point. I forgot. That, that one's hilarious. You're here to. You're here to save uh, Luger and Savage, right? You're gonna <laughs> save them, right? Yeah. I, I. I. I may have told this story in an episode many years ago, but when um, Revenge of the Sith came out, my old roommate and I went to go see it. And our respective girlfriends went to go see Mr. and Mrs. Smith because they made the right decision. But we're sitting there, and we we get about ten minutes in, and my roommate leans over to me. He goes, "Is this pissing you off?" I said, "Yes, this is pissing me off." So we started keeping track, and every time something that pissed us off came up, we we'd mark it. If something good happened, we'd take away from it. And by the time we got to the end, and at some points I added five because I was like, we got to the end. They do this, they do the the thing where where uh, Palpatine leans over and whispers in Vader's 
helmet. He doesn't even have ears. Now. I don't, you know, whatever. And he gets up and he shambles off the thing. And I, I'm sitting in the back of this crowded theater full of parents with their kids. And I can't help. I, I forget where I was for a moment. Oh, bullshit. And all of a sudden, everybody starts looking around. And I kind of looked at my roommate and he looked back at me. And then we both start looking around. Who would say something? There are kids in here. My God, what's. And we left. 147 was the score it left with by the time we walked out. We get out in the lobby and the girl. The girls were like, so did you like it? And I was like, no, no, that was terrible. And I'm ashamed that I spent money on it. I thought that, I mean, Attack of the Clones is probably the best of the first three. If you take out the Padme Anakin stuff. Oh, I no. harshly disagree. I actually thought it was the, the worst of the three. No, I the first I one. Phantom Menace is by far the worst one. Phantom Menace isn't good, but the, I almost I. I kind of feel like the uh, the fight scene at the end with Darth Maul saves it, but I don't like Revenge of the Sith at all. And I actually thought I'm sorry, I take wait I take that back. I don't like Attack of the Clones at all. I, Revenge of the Sith I actually thought was pretty decent. I shouldn't I went up and I actually like enjoyed that. I haven't seen it in probably like 15 years. But I my problem with, I enjoyed it. My problem with Revenge of the Sith after it's okay surface level to me, but when you think about how situationally stupid like Mace was and stuff when he gets murked, just uh, oh, I yeah, am the Senate. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why in God's name? Okay, honest to God. Why in God's name did anyone ever think it was a good idea to have Yoda use a lightsaber? He is supposed to be the most powerful Jedi Master if you're going to have a force battle between tiny shriveled Yoda and shriveled up Palpatine why do lightsabers end? why don't you just have this huge force battle lightning flies everywhere and telekinetic stuff and floating around and all that kind of it's like no we have to have laser swords because we don't understand that lightsaber battles are analogs for the conflict between the characters and then Yoda bitches out because he loses the upper hand, runs, and he's like, well, I tried. That's it. Everything's screwed. I'm going to go hide. I also thought Attack of the Clones to go back is the only – had the only scene that partially got Vader right is after when he's going telling Padme about how he killed all the sand people and they kind of weave the Vader music suddenly into the background. Like, I thought that's the only point where they kind of got the Vader thing right with the prequels. They were they were starting down the path and then didn't. And then they're like, "Oh, we really lamed him up. Let's have him kill younglings." That's that's edgy and like very '90s, isn't it? <clears throat> oh, like, oh God, wait, hang on. <laughs> I know, I'm 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 jumping. On. You remember how it's supposed to be in the in the new trilogy? They're like, "Oh no, you can detect bad things were done with this. I don't want to use it." Ray, you're carrying. You're carrying Anakin's old lightsaber that killed a room full of kids, and that ain't giving off any vibes to you? Actually, I take that back. The first, the, the three actual films suck. The the Jenny Tarkovsky um, movie between the second and third one's the best of the prequel stuff. You know, it had, it had been about 40 years since, no, how, no, 40 years since the original trilogy. So, what, uh, 60 years since the events of the prequels? Around the time of the sequels? Yeah. So, you know, 
so, about that. You know, r- roughly 60 years. They could have bleached it. <laughs> they could have wiped it down a couple of times. Who knows? I have the laser discs of the original versions of the movie, laser disc scans. And I'm not, I don't go back to them because I'm like, oh, you know, the old is better. I go back to them because that's before George, George Lucas started trying to quote unquote fix things. And oh, that's been and, the worst part. Yeah. And, and, and ruin, you know, try his damnedest to ruin stuff that people I, already like. I, mean, so. I will defend him. He never did anything as stupid as, um, Steven Spielberg taking the guns out of E.T. and giving them walkie talkies. Oh, by the way, reminding me, a couple of days ago, I picked up on the curbside some old TVs and VHS that somebody was giving away. And in the VHS, it's the VHS of E.T., which I believe still has the guns, and the old uh, original trilogy Star Wars movies. So I don't like E.T. E.T. freaked me the fuck out when I was a kid. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Good lord. Like, especially when he's getting all sick and they're, like, mind-melding and stuff. I've not gone back to it as an adult just because I don't necessarily think it's good, but that freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, that, same here. I did not like it. it like, my parents like, oh, E.T., you'll love it. And I, I watched I it, and it, it just it freaked me out as a kid. Was this before got, after... They go, what? Was this before or after your dad was, like, finger-gunning you to uh, Bambi? Oh, that uh, after that. Oh, okay, so they. Yeah, that was at the end of the movie, and 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 there goes Bambi in the big closing shot, and my dad goes, and I'm like three. Like, good, good move, Dad. Smooth. See, Dames, uh, we we had this talk about how Bambi traumatized them, and I said I didn't cry at Bambi because I had already lived through Optimus Prime getting killed in the Transformers <laughs> the movie, so I was as... battle hardened by then. Yeah, as I shared before, I did. My mom did take me to see Bambi as a child, and as soon as Bambi's mother died, I became inconsolably upset that we had to leave. We had to leave the theater and and not come back. I, that, my my wife pointed it. out um, Littlefoot's mom getting eaten by the T Rex and Land Before Time was awful too. That, that was that's awful. Don Bluth. That's what Don Bluth does. Is he's like. Oh, here's this thing as a kid you like, you might even identify with trauma. And then happy ending. So oh, it might embrace all that and trauma. And this has also been discussed on the show, but um the other thing that freaked me the hell out as a kid was Return to Oz with those like Oh no no oh, Return yeah. to Oz is legitimately terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And Mombi taking her heads off. That is legitimately terrifying. I yeah, that. It's it's bad. So Dames the, the follow up story on the whole um Crying and being inconsolable in the theater. Because uh, it happened to Matt. It's, we had some friends. We hadn't seen each other for a while. After everybody was vaccinated, one of them was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay for us to have a movie theater so we can get together and watch a movie. And I'm going to get a kid's movie so all the kids can come. And that's because uh, several of us have small kids, right? You don't know what she picked? Uh, she picked Iron Giant. And... My four-year-old was uh, doing a good job self-distracting through the whole thing. So you get to the end of it. My four-year-old's fine. My two-year-old is sobbing inconsolably the whole time. 
he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. And then they have the thing where he's like pulling the pieces back together to rebuild. And it's like, no, look, look, he's putting himself back together. The Iron Giant's going to come back. He screams, no, he's dead. He's never coming back. And I'm like, oh, well, if I ever doubted myself as a father, here's that moment. <laughs> you get to live through it on that end. I mean, it could have been worse. Like, he could have decided on Kazam with Shaq. No, no, I think, I think, uh, I think, I think Iron Giant was worse. Kazam's not good, but uh, I don't think it would have traumatized him. I think um, we had this talk that there's a lot of like really screwed up like stuff in kids' movies. Uh, Fievel? Yeah, because they There's burned a good that, one for you. America Tale, yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, because it was considered a kids' movie when we were kids, but Gremlins is really screwed up. Oh, yeah. Gremlins is freaking terrible for kids. Is, uh, my wife and I... My, so my wife, like, is, is oddly, like, uh, obsessed with Gremlins. Well, oh. no, she's oddly obsessed <laughs> with Gremlins. Like, she finds... She finds it, like, really, really funny. Um... So we've watched it. We've watched it in the last like couple of years. And was it ever? Like, I remember watching it a lot as a kid. But was it's, this was this like a thing where like kids were supposed to like kids watched it because it was well the Gremlins, Gremlins is why PG thirteen <laughs> became a thing. Yeah, that's actually true. I looked that up. That that's factually accurate. Like it became a thing because the movie itself. It's essentially it's like a black comedy, but it is low key terrifying. You there could, are yeah. like when she's There's in the house, death violence. Like when that when that song plays that plays in the house when like the gremlin attacks her in the tree. Like I get chills from that as a forty year old. Yeah. Like all these uh, years there, later. We talked about, about this. Her story about her dad dead in. The oh, that's the worst. That's played for laughs, and it's like yeah! horrific. <laughs> like, <laughs> who thought this was funny? <laughs> Or just um, the gremlins terrorizing her in the bar. Yeah. I um, mean, I'll admit, a little bit funny of killing a gremlin in a blender, but that's... Oh, in the microwave, too. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of few and far between, though. Well, and then, like, the, the neighbors get... Ki- well, they survive for the sequel, but they essentially... As far as you're... You know, in that movie, they get killed by, like, a bobcat in their house. Yep. And then the old woman getting like projectile tossed out of her house when the gremlins are like Christmas caroling. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been like, a while. Oh since no, I've it's, seen it. it's, it's for kids. It's like, God, what is wrong with you people? Yeah, but it's a big reason PG thirteen became a thing. Yeah, yeah. It makes me feel old though because I still distinctly remember seeing. Um, Batman 89 in theaters and that just gets further and further in the past and that's like a <laughs> you know a 32 year old movie now and I'm just like I'm old oh my god I, I saw Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in the theater so and, uh, I got a funny story about Batman 89 so uh, it's not nothing crazy but um, keep in mind it's 1989 so Things were very different, and I could not get anybody in my family to take me to the movies. And I was begging, begging. I was nine years old, and I was like, "Will somebody please just take me to see this movie? I don't care who it is." And my sister, who was seventeen at the time, I'm nine. 
her sis, my sister had a best friend, another girl, who wanted to see Batman. So I went to the movies with a 17-year-old girl that I was not related to, to see Batman 89. And when we get there, it's sold out. And, you know, this is before online ticketing or anything like that. So you had to literally wait in a line that wrapped around the movie theater three times. Yeah. And we bought tickets to see Ghostbusters 2, and we all just sat in the aisle to watch Batman 89. So I saw the movie <laughs> in the theater on the steps. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. With a I, 17-year-old girl. I know. You big pimping early on. The sad yeah. thing is the theater I saw Batman 89 is, I think, got demolished probably 20 years ago so it um it's been a long time yep yeah that theater broke that that theater shut down about almost 30 years ago for me too it's so different now that because like you have the imax and stuff like i remember the first time like when i remember back when imax only had like educational stuff on it yeah (laughs) and now they they lie to you they're like, like kids theaters and their kids museums and stuff yeah, but we had like an IMAX theater, but now they lie to you and they're like, oh, this is on IMAX. You get in there like this is an IMAX. Like I've been yeah. to IMAX. I've got yeah. a bootleg IMAX in my town. That's the unfortunate only IMAX that we have. It's not the real big giant theater like uh-huh. they have it in New York. So we get screwed here, but that's all I got, unfortunately. Now we have one. We only have one. And it's like it's like in a weird like you would never go there to see a movie for any reason. Well, guys, I think um, we have about run run our course on this. So, first of all, we want to say thanks to the dames for joining us for this episode. Thank you for being with us, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Is there, uh, is there anything you'd want to plug on the way out or anything like that? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I uh, I obviously am very partial to Dame, so if there is another topic we want to bring him back on, uh, um, when we do when we do any early TNA stuff, he's he's on yeah. my list to come back. Yep. Uh, I think oh, definitely like that would we should, but uh, if there's it's just another topic we think he'd be a great guest on, I'd I, love to have him back on. I, I've thought I about in in depth on uh, Toby Keith's vertical suplex. Okay. That's, I've oh I've thought God. about. <laughs> I've thought about being a bad person and us just taking a week off and having him and Tim like mud wrestle over Star Wars, but I thought that might ruin friendship, so I haven't thrown that gauntlet down. All right. Well, we want to say thank you, everybody out there, for joining us for this episode. We had a lot of fun. We hope you did, too. Please remember to hit up our social media. Leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And so, all that being said, this is... Chad with Matt and Brad, special guest the Dames. I guess that puts us in all four corners, and you're right there in the middle this time. And we will see you next episode.